gosh, one of these days I will remember. Just like, oh yeah, three, two, one, we're gonna get ready now. No, yeah, no, no, we're multiple all in space. buttons. This is fine. Okay, it's Hello, okay. Everybody. It's a process. We'll get there. Hello, all. Uh, welcome to a- another episode of Design Dork's Guide. And sorry, I, it is a little late this month. I was on vacation. I was in California. Yeah, it's, it's no problem. But we're here now. We're fine. It was probably the earliest opportunity that we had. But we're here to talk about the video games and stuff. Um, yes. Before we start, I do want to apologize to everyone. I have an ear infection. So if I wince and like wink at you, it's not because I'm flirting with you. It's because I'm in terrible pain. All right. <laughs> So, yes, just how, letting you how know that right now. How dare you be so inconsiderate and not fix your... Like, how dare you be in pain? Goodness gracious. Well, 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 it's not that. I just didn't want them to think that I was flirting with them. Like, you know, just be like, oh, honey, oh, I didn't want them to go, oh, look at my blurbo. I can fix him. And them, and me to go, no, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm actually not fine. But <laughs> in regards to you specifically, I'm fine. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, the Duke of Dorks, and joining me, as always... It's me, it's Pierre Kong. How's it going? Yep, and this is just the nice, chill podcast where we talk about the games, the news that happened this this month, well, I guess mo- last month and a half, because time's hard. <laughs> yeah. And then just some random stuff in between with some comment stuff at the end. Exactly. Thank you all for taking a slice out of your day to let us ramble about nothing. It's appreciated. It, it gets all the good anxiety out. Indeed, indeed. All right, let's just let's just jump right into the first segment. Yeah, let's just play this real quick. And back. I'm gonna remember to play the music as well. Yeah. I didn't notice anything, Metroid. As yeah, always, disappointing. Uh huh. It hurts. Yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm waiting for Banjo. Um, I don't think he's coming. I uh, Game Awards maybe. That's like <laughs> the next. Do you think game? he's going to get a Jeffy? No, not I a don't chance. Know. <laughs> I mean, he get Jeff got Prince of Persia. Now that was the Ubisoft. Now what? what? Yeah, that was, yeah, that, 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 was, that, that was nothing. You think that, like, Hideo Kojima is going to come up and go, Jeff-san, I have a great idea, Banjo-Kazooie, and Jeff is going, all right, Mr. Kojima, that sounds great, I'll get right on it. It's possible. I know, I'm just trying, I'm trying to throw you some kind of bone right now. Oh, dude, you must be new to this. This is every year since 2008. I, I'm new to caring, I will admit. At least you got something. I've got like I don't th- I don't think Metroid's happening until the next console. It- it's been too long. Oh yeah, no, no I think that because um, like rumors are what next year for Switch Two or so. Yeah, something like that. I've seen a couple. Something like, like that. I I know that patterns. there's a lot of it, but like this is more than I usually see. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll go maybe. Eh. Oh, that that's where I'm at for DK too. So yeah, yeah, probably, probably. It says maybe if COVID hadn't happened, the schedule would have lined up better. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have more of an end of the life cycle, but no, we got Rayman barely. That's true. That's true. I I can be excited about that, but that we'll 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 cover that in the news section. It will happen. Yes. Uh, First off, uh, what games have you been playing this month? A bunch of video games. How's the DK TV sing along going? Um, 
poorly due to repeated illness and also I'll get there. There are just several things that I need to do first so that I can make sure it is how I want it to be. Mm. But I have fulfilled the prerequisite that all of you don't have to hear, but Duke can release whenever he feels like. So like, do I the have bare minimum has that? been done. Oh. If you want to embarrass me, you have the ability have, to oh, at okay. any time. I, I'm not going to do it immediately, but I'm, I'm just glad to have the trump card. Okay. Cool. You know, it helps. It helps. Great. That <laughs> just dropped the camera. Oh, yay. Your face yeah, is yeah, gone. No, no, no. I, I noticed. I noticed. Okay. Mid, I noticed midstream. Don't worry. I got it. Hey. Joys of doing this live. Yeah, that's no problem. Anyway, uh, video games. Um, I am preparing for the big end of year video that I have going on. And you at home can probably pretty easily guess the theme based on what I played last month and what I played this month. And guess what? I'm going to play in the upcoming months. So, let's go. Uh, first game I want to cover is Super Mario 64. Alright. That is a game that released with the Nintendo 64, one of only two launch games for it, released in 1996. It would be the best game released in 96 if that was not the year Kirby Superstar came out, which unfortunately it is. Yeah, what 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 is there to say about this game? Like, I'm I'm having a hard time even asking questions. Right, what are you looking for in the game specifically? For what you, I don't not, not to I, spoil the video, but like, what are you focusing on with with this particular playthrough? Um, what I'm focusing on in this playthrough is getting the footage for the specific levels that I need, okay, and I okay, got okay. that, and I got out. Uh, notice um, anything new? I guess? Absolutely. Mario 64 is such a fun game. I think most people in the audience can picture the path that you have to go through the game in order to get to the end very easily. It has been speedrun to death. It has been tackled to death. So playing through the game, I am proud to say that Super Mario 64 does not control as well as that would assume. Mm -hmm. It is... A lot less fluid and, like, the anxiety that you have turning Mario around on a thin platform is indescribable, really. <laughs> because that man, that man is breakdancing every time he has to turn around at all. Mm -hmm. I, I, I played 64 right after I had already played Sunshine and Galaxy. I dropped it after like 30 minutes. I, it just felt so bad after playing just, oh yeah, this is what it feels like in the future. Okay, I don't I don't need to play this one. No, I have to say it's a good game. Uh, the fact that they make actions like the triple jump and the long jump feel as good as they do and you can oh, combo yeah, them sure, into sure. each other is incredible. I think that to optimize getting Mario to the maximum Bing Bing Wahoo-osity that he can reach is amazing what they have done is amazing like i'm not going to take away from how groundbreaking super mario 64 is or belittle it in any sort of way and i will outright say it is a better platformer than banjo kazooie 100 oh yeah but banjo is better when it's not flat it's it's, it, it's, it's for exactly the it's for the it's for the it, banjo is a banjo is better vibes i think banjo controls better as a 3d character than mario I think the feel of Banjo is a lot more... Yeah, yeah. It's a lot more comfortable. Mario is... I like Talon Mario's, a lot more. Mario's... They're still trying to... 
figure out how to make 3D characters feel like characters and not like cars. That's a, and Mario yeah, feels yeah, yeah, like yeah. a very, very good car, but he is still a car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, still fun, though? Um, okay. Mostly. Mostly. Like, there's so much good that is thought of in this game, like just Big Boo's Haunt on its own. How emergent that level is, is really, really fantastic. Um, and then you get to worlds like Dire Dire Docks, and it's like, I would rather be doing anything else. Ah, yeah, the old underwater 64 levels. Gotta love them, gotta love them. Honestly, the swimming controls were not bad. Like, I actually was surprised at how much I enjoyed the swimming controls. What I did not enjoy was basic level layout. I think that 64 really starts dropping the ball on its level layouts at about Dire Dire Docks. And, like, it's got good concepts. Like, Tiny Huge Island is a good concept. Tall Tall Mountain is a good concept. I just don't think that top floor's levels are very well laid out. It... It feels like there is a bunch of platforms and they kind of string them together and they're like, this is where we had the idea for this star and we have themed it after snow now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, less, less of a kind of retro games like living world and more just, okay, here's the gauntlet that you have to go through. Something like that? M- more like someone built a playground and they built it out of the parts of different miniature golf courses and just painted them <laughs> over so that they were all the same color. That's a good way of putting it. I love that. But, I mean, overall, it's it's a remarkable game for what it is. Hmm. All right. I will say that. Fantastic music as well. Oh yeah, like, for sure. that goes without saying. The what they did with this game's sound design, especially, is Chef's Kiss. No complaints. Mm. Especially for Rainbow Cruise and Windcap in the Sky. I, I would say that for TikTok Clock as well. And Wet oh, Dry yeah. Worlds. And Snowman Land. And most of Tall Tall Mountain. So yeah, just 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 most of the stuff. Just the just the tall. It's a game that magically gets worse the more you play it. <laughs> uh, magic, magical failure. No, nah, not failure. Just It's incredible because your ability to enjoy the game go up, but the actual game go down. Yeah, yeah I, I see that. I see that. <sighs> so, yeah, that was that. Um, I, I learned how backwards long jump this time. That was cool. Congratulations. You that, did the that thing. Let me, that let me skip doing three stars. <laughs> um, Let's see. And then I played Mario Kart 64. The, what was it? The fourth best kart racer on the 64? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it depends if you count F-Zero, G- or F-Zero X as a kart racer. But yeah, oh, well, beneath eh. the, beneath Diddy, beneath Mickey, beneath Falcon. But after replaying it, I have been hard on this game because I expected it to control a lot more like Super Mario Kart, a lot more like Super Circuit, mm-hmm. which I ha- I do not enjoy those games. And so, 
and Mario Kart 64 controls surprisingly fluidly. I would outright say I think it controls better than Double Dash. Really? Yes, I think that just your ability to guide your cart forward is a lot better than... Because Double Dash always had that aesthetic and that feel to me of you're kind of controlling RC carts with plastic toys on top. I don't, you know? I don't know if I'd agree with If only because of the GameCube controller to N64. No, no GameCube... I mean, no N64 game. I'm going to agree that controls better than the 64 game. You want to try that sentence again, Chief? Nope. I, th- I think I got the point across, and that's fine enough for me. All righty. Um... <laughs> No, I think that you just are bad at having eight directions because it compensates for that controller beautifully. And when you have an actual controller with analog to control Mario Kart 64, it compensates for that really well. Oh, well, I, I felt I, I fluidity Nintendo with it. Switch online version, I might be able to stomach. And the more that I notice it, the more I'm like, dang, these tracks are really nicely designed. They're laid out pretty well your ability to maintain speed is the main focus your ability to turn and okay so from double dash onward i would say that the focus of mario kart was on power sliding on every turn you get that blue turbo and you go or the red turbo depending on the game mario kart 64 is probably the best game in the mario kart series that is more about please just make a straight line through the track please just don't go off the road oh yeah knowing the layouts that 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 checks out Mm -hmm. and i i feel like when you port a lot of 64 tracks forward they feel really really basic or the turns feel pretty shallow but i feel like in playing the game in its original form and i was ready to be hard on this game i was ready to throw it out immediately that 64 does an immaculate enough job of just making it feel good that you got through a lap without fucking up yeah okay i can see that and being able to maintain that speed feels great and i really like that about it Um, I didn't notice any course felt particularly bad. I will say that it has the funniest AI in any game. It is the stupidest funny AI because how 64 works is it picks two characters to be your rivals Mm. and those will always close the gap on you. But they're also competing with each other so that. Most of the time, you are going to have a close match when you're doing a single player. Mm -hmm. Unless you are just incredible at the game and blow them out. The AI is designed to rubber band in such a way that everything will be close. And something I learned through this playthrough, the AI does not use shells in Mario Kart 64. Really? Just never? No red, no blue, no green. It is only the player who uses those. They have to beat you entirely through their AI and through trapping items. I assume that having calculations for shells going for eight players at once would just destroy the N64. Uh, Don't see PUC items. I have fell on bananas and have had uh, fake item blocks before, so... I just never shells. That's so... In- so I never knew that. 
MK64 is a lot more indicative of your skill than other Mario Kart games in just playing it. Mm. However, if one of the racers who is not one of your two rivals gets in first place, they will rubber band infinitely and multiplicatively so that they are half a lap ahead and they stay there. Which means for some reason, Wario just goes crazy on Banshee Boardwalk and never looks back. And then immediately goes back to sucking on Rainbow Road. That's hilarious. So once he gets to that point, it's kind of, is it possible to win from, oh no, you can get red shells and stuff, so that's. Yeah, but the red shells suck in this game, so it's essentially, you get a blue shell and pray. Mm Mm-hmm. Otherwise, nah. However, his score will likely be so low that he only ends up hurting you and the other two that you're actually competing with, which means it can either be a death knell for you or for them at any time, especially if it happens in the second or third race of a Grand Prix. That's amazing. And that, I think, is just so funny. Like... Mario Kart 64 is a game, I think, made of duct tape and dreams. But damn, did they do a good job of making it good in spite of that. Nice. All right. I'm I'm glad to come out of this game with such a positive opinion. Because I also played Mario Tennis, and that was a tennis game. Yeah, hard to say much more than that. Uh, it is a game where tennis happens. And has it been a good one? Yeah, uh, Power Tennis is great. Uh, Tennis Aces is actually a fantastic fighting game until you realize there are only two characters in the game. Like, seriously, when the Tennis Aces demo came out, that was amazing. I loved doing that. Um, But yeah, I, I don't have much more to say on Mario Tennis 64. It is a game that existed, and I liked it as a kid, and now I play it, and I go... I see why I liked it as a kid. Donkey Kong, it is the ugliest walk for Donkey Kong I have ever seen. Because <laughs> it is one game where, well, it's a tennis game. You can't have DK hunched over like usual. Mm-hmm. So they have him standing up and proud with like presenting his titties the entire time. But his legs are locked in place. So the whole time he's just kind of twisting his arms like this going to the ball like he's doing a freaking Vince McMahon walk and then slapping it it is it is disconcerting to see my boy in this way I will not lie to you that sounds absolutely glorious what are you talking about well, because his legs just are kind of walking in one direction in spite of it it's, it's like watching an action figure articulate only its torso Ah, okay. It's I'm just I'm just concerned. <laughs> he seems a little stiff. He should see a chiropractor. <sighs> anyway, um then the last short game I played was Mario Party Advance. What do you know about Mario Party Advance? I know it's on the Game Boy Advance, and I think that might actually be the extent of my knowledge. Awesome. Can you imagine how Mario Party would work on the Game Boy Advance? Probably poorly? 
was your guess turn it into a single player quest based RPG? You could have given me 10, and I don't think I would have gotten to there. <laughs> I hope it is, because that would be right. Mario Party Advance is a board game where you roll on a board to go to different locations in a single-player, massive map to solve random Yakuza side quests for people. Is it good? No. Oh, that, that, that concept kind of sounds fun, though. But... It does have lines like, I am Bowser, gamer without compare. <laughs> oh, I think you get Jack Black to say that. If anybody. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I all alone in this cruel world by a thwomp after you go to him and go, oh, no, I don't want to hang out. Yes. Oh, that's 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 pretty good. Is it a bad game? Yes. Is it kind of funny? Yes. All right, like, King Babom is just a mafia boss, and all he wants to do is play a higher low game with you and be like, "Yeah, yeah, you cool. You can be part of the Baboms now." Nice. All right. There are recurring detective segments. There are fetch quests so that you can make a Goomba have sex with another Goomba. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know that the minigame in Mario Odyssey of making the Goomba Towers had such rich history. It really does! Goombob is gonna get so much! <laughs> He's just a rich kid who can't go down to the beach to get the shell to get the Goombussy from Goombet. Oh, please never say that again. <laughs> Isn't the final boss playing soccer against Bowser? No, that is the first boss. The final boss is just shooting a random amount of his children so they fall down random mind shoots. What? You're talking Koopa yeah, for, kids or just Bowser Yeah, Koopa kids. kids. Uh okay. yeah. Uh green Koopa kid, red Koopa kid, blue Koopa kid. The uh the Mario Party Koopa kids. Oh, not okay. not the Koopalings. His his first family. No. No, his, his second family. Second, his second, party yeah, yeah. only family. Ah, okay. When he presents people with. Yeah, uh, it's full of single player minigames. Most of them are actually kind of good. And oh, some of okay. them are actually nothing. Yeah, that, that checks out. That, that's Mario Party. Yeah. It's, it's an odd balance of this is a good idea versus this was 30 minutes of nothing. Th oh, 30 minutes, really? For each quest, yes, I'm glad I had a fast-forward button. Wow, okay. Is, it is... Is there any possible multiplayer thing at all? Is that even a... Yes, you can play some multiplayer minigames with link cables. And there was actually okay. um, an e-reader add-on to this, where you could, like, swipe e-reader cards and then compete for high scores against those. Oh, that's... that. Wow. <laughs> the most And I think there was a physical board game with it. <laughs> What? So that you could play the game and then you would all play the minigame on your e-readers? But... Man, Nintendo had some... I mean, it had, still has, but wow! How many different ways can we find a way to combine real-world attributes in the games we have? Yeah. 
So anyway, it's a bad game, but Kamek says, I once trained Bowser to be a gamer, but he became arrogant. Keep on gaming, but never forget your roots. It's kind of so, you know, can it be a bad game if it has that? It, it can. It, it's at least entertaining. It can, it can always have that going for it. Yo, but how is there never a board game with Amiibo? Like, actual, physical, intertwined... Uh, you know, Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival? Well, yeah, 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 but I mean, like, an actual... Using it for it, and not, like, a shitty... Are, I'm, I'm talking to a physical Are you game. just not asking an actual extra step? Because well, you still need to scan the Amiibo in in order to make it work. Yeah, but it could have been funny. Y you are literally asking for Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, but also sell me $50 extra board. You could have had, like, the actual board on the gamepad. That, is that how... I don't know. I don't know how Animal... I didn't buy an, an Amiibo Festival. I've never seen how that worked. Yeah, Mario Party 10 also had a mode where uh, it was a four layer board or a four quadrant board and you can scan an amiibo and it will change one of the quadrants to be your character's amiibo oh never played it yeah it was okay. neat it it had a remix of wario land music that was awesome all right so okay racist. okay yeah so i'm done talking you talk oh okay uh i barely played any video games like i only i only have like three that is play, totally fine ah mm -hmm. uh, let me grab just a tiny bit of footage uh very briefly uh went back to diablo 4 like i think like a few hours i'm like halfway through act four now and like it's i'm still having fun with it Couple, there are a couple of really awesome boss fights that's just really great set pieces of like, oh yeah, you're in a tornado and this giant demon woman that's been shackled will burst out of it and like light the thing on fire or something. I don't... Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of great story moments of just, oh yeah, this world just sucks to be in, which I appreciate tremendously from a world-building perspective because I think that sort of doom and gloom really adds to the overall tension of the world at large. Helps like just capture the theming a lot better. Uh, too many recent games and like all the genres kind of sacrifice that for quips these days, and that was a breath of fresh air. Uh you say that and Final Fantasy sixteen is right there saying, We'll get you a new brother, a real brother. <laughs> was that well, I need to know the context for this. Um I, I, I didn't see that part. Oh, uh a woman gives birth to a branded and it's like I could not get wait to get rid of it. And the little boy next to her is like, Mommy, that wasn't a real brother, was it? <laughs> no, honey. We'll try for a real one soon. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, that's the good world building I want. Yeah, you, you, that can is still like, be, you can still be funny, but also horrifying at the same time. Clive cannot punch his way into fixing that. For sure, but like... The moment the luster and hype of Baldur's Gate 3 became tangible for me, I, I dropped Diablo 4 immediately. I probably won't go back to it for a very long time. Yeah, I get that. I get it. Uh, I also have played not a lot, but uh, I feel like maybe five hours of Pikmin 4. Uh, I love this game. This game is absolutely delightful. I mean, it's, it's, it's Pikmin. It's ridiculously charming. 
How um, do I get into Pikmin? I, I, what's your, what, what's the barrier for you? I guess I would have to ask because I guess um, anxiety to me. Anxiety. Oh, just over like time limits or losing Pikmin or both. It, yes, it. It's a game where I feel like this is very, very well made. I don't feel like I'm having fun at any point because I am worried. And I fear that it is not a series for me. I will say that Pikmin 4 has, at least the, in the early game, removed that feeling tremendously. Like, there's not really even, like, an overall time limit. Like, you don't have to wait, like, 30 days you run out of oxygen. There's nothing like that. See, I, I like that, like, thematically, that bit is fine. It is the individual day cycle that gets me. Um, I don't know if they're to say get good or stop worrying about being bad. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, it, it can be a stressful game, but, like, I, that's part of the, what I, the appeal for me. So I think if that doesn't appeal to you, it might just not be a game for you. Awesome, great. Wanted to establish that. That's why I'm not buying it. Okay, okay. Dendori issue? I agree! <laughs> uh, for... I, I do have one huge complaint with this game that's been kind of getting in the way of my enjoyment for the rest of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I really love to play this game uh, co-op with my youngest brother. Mm -hmm. uh, Pavement 3 was great for that. Uh, co-op in this game has been just eviscerated. You no longer can, like, control multiple captains. Instead, it's a really, really lame, just, like, Mario Galaxy, Mario Odyssey. Just like, okay, you have the Joy-Con, you point at the screen, you can fire a rock or, like, drop little items for... It's like Tingle Turner, Tingle Tuner levels of just two-player shenanigans. And that has... That sucked. I really don't like that, and that's been... An unfortunate blemish on an experience that I'm otherwise enjoying immensely. I I apologize. You said Tingle Turner, and I'm just imagining Timmy Turner. Oh no, yeah, Tingle's that's face. the same. That's entirety. Ah, <laughs> uh, but as for the actual game, like that, this is this is. I'm having so much fun with this. I like the caves in this a lot more than two. They feel way more like directed. Uh, puzzles and gauntlets rather than just like oh yeah here's another layer of this area you kind of go around a little bit grab the things and then you go to the next one and the next one but here it feels much more there's a lot more thought put into the areas which i really appreciate okay uh pikmin limits are neat uh it's a great added layer of progression to slowly allow your army to grow larger and larger as you can command more and more i just I like that oh there are, there are limits for each one uh yeah you start with 30 like total party size at all and they can find little like i how do you describe like gr seed onions i guess onions that, that might actually get me. that pacing might actually help me oh yeah that quite pacing's a bit. fantastic because of that like it, it lets you get used to uh, controlling larger and larger groups of pikmin i think this is the best first pikmin for somebody to play like no okay. question all right okay cool so if i bounce off of it the series is trash no, you just suck at it, and that's okay. Uh, so it's trash. Yeah, okay, Birdly, it's, sure. It's as trash as the Smash character. Got it. <laughs> uh, Ochi is great. Uh, adorable, first of all, but 
it makes traversal and combat a lot simpler because you just hop onto Ochi, all of the Pikmin hop onto Ochi with you, and it just in instantly makes, completely removes the problems of Pikmin falling into the water when you're trying to go around a bridge, or like one or two of them walking into fire as you're trying to walk by. It just so much, such better just traversal overall. Mm -hmm. uh, and then combat, you can just have Ochi charge into enemies while Pikmin are attached, and just all of them will latch onto enemies at once. For Which I haven't run into an enemy yet that just isn't instantly deleted by doing that. Combat feels a lot easier Good. to me in this one. I hope I get some, uh, at least in the early game, I hope there's some harder enemies later on, which I'm sure there will be. I'm, this feels okay. like a surprisingly expansive game compared to previous Pikmins. No, good, good, good. I... Does it have moments of incredible existential crisis yet? Uh, not yet, but I can see where that would start, if I understand what the Dendori are properly. Which I think okay. I, I think I do. I think that's just all. Okay, good, because my most treasured and despised memory of Pikmin is going to the Forest Naval, I believe, was the level, and finding a giant mushroom man and throwing all of my men at it and then watching as they instantly all yeah! turn into zombies, <laughs> hate me, kill me, and are abandoned to be eaten by the wilds. And I immediately uh... set the controller down and go, I am done with this game. How, how old were you when that happened? I need to know. Nine? Yes, that's even better! <laughs> Oh, my, my, I, I wish I'd pay, played Pikmin when I was younger. That I would have eaten that up. No, that's that was the <laughs> end of the line for me. Uh, I love that. Um, anything else I can say about it? Uh, NPCs are great. Uh, great return to, like, the... Uh, you know how in the previous Pikmin game, like the first two... You'd have, like, the encyclopedia where there'd be all this fun thematic writing about, like, how these Pikmin captains are trying to explain the science behind real-world objects. Mm -hmm. That's back in, like, expanded on tremendously, and it's so much fun. Good, 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 good. Yeah, if I understand right, there's, like, potentially dozens of NPCs to talk about in this game, and all the writing is just delightful. Uh, but, like... But like Diablo, the moment the luster and hype of Baldur's Gate 3 became tangible, I lost all interest. So it might be a while before I touch that one as well. No, I get you. I get you. Uh, that's actually all I have to say about video games apart from the big one for me. Uh, got any others? Yep, uh, just one more. Uh, this was also a light video game month for me because I broke my arm. Like, Two days after we recorded the last podcast, which was incredible. I've had the worst luck in this stretch of month. I got to tell you. Uh, summer vibes. Gotta love them. So that was a solid half of this time where video game was an impossibility. I played most of Mario Party Advanced holding it like this with a frozen arm right here. Uh, you and looking up. You didn't take up anybody's offers of like games to play with one hand? I tried no, no, I was a, I tried I was a little bit miserable and then I was like I'll play Honkai Star Rail and it went your your session is logged out do you remember your password and I went no it's on my computer which I can't type at to check I, I'm sorry for laughing that sucks but no 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 that's no, a no, fundamental no. image at the same time we're in post you can laugh okay good uh 
So anyway, uh, the big game I've played, just revisiting and continuing to gather footage because video games are a job, is Paper Mario. Uh, 64? 64. Nice. The first Paper Mario title. And do you ever have a game where you play it and you don't really feel like you're playing a video game. You just feel like you're watching a very, very long memory replay itself step by step. That every individual action you've taken, you have taken so many times that you no longer feel like it is a choice that you are making, but that you are simply watching pieces of a puzzle fit themselves together to recreate this perfect shrine in your mind that you have long since forgotten, but has never left it. Mm-hmm. That's that's Rayman 3 for me. Yeah, no, that that's like the first six hours of Paper Mario for me. Like, there is no build variety. There is, uh, for the whole prologue, there is no choices to be made. You can't even do the traditional Mario action commands until you be in the Goomba King. Mm -hmm. It is just, things are happening. I have no choice in the matter. I am charmed to do all of this again. I know what everyone is going to say. I know where everyone is. I know where everything is. I know the fastest way to do it. I will not take that way because I would rather sit down and listen to the dialogue. And it's so odd because it's not a game where it's like Donkey Kong Country 2 or Kirby Superstar, where like mechanically I know everything that I'm going to do, but it still generally feels good to do it. And mm -hmm. I still get like a thrill from that because I'm like, <laughs> I am perfect. This is just like perfect and absolute placation the entire time mm -hmm. i just feel fine it is the feeling of being at a seven out of ten for hours on end and it is an infinitely infinitely charming seven out of ten nice um anyway then i decided like you know i i've done danger mario and ttyd Let, let's try it in 64 um, I have now beaten the extra secret super boss halfway through the game. Oh, I don't have any frame of reference for that. How, how impressive um, is that? <laughs> Explain to me. Uh, let's see. Uh, the super boss has an attack that does 10 damage and then 12 damage. In Paper Mario, you start with 10 HP and can level up in increments of 5. Okay, okay. I am in a build that has 5 HP. Oh. So just one one touch, you're dead? It would be unless I put all of my points into equipment so that I take half damage when I am at 5 HP or less, do two extra damage when I'm at 5 HP or less, need, do need to guard, but have an extra timing window for that, and have a badge that stuns him if he tries to do a double attack, which stuns him from doing the second part of the attack. Oh, okay, okay, I, I, I see the build, I see the build. It is 
a fascinating enough build specifically because in ttyd you can essentially level up forever in paper mario there are caps to your ability to level up certain stats like you could only level up your badges up to 30 points worth you can only level up your flower points up to 50 points worth so once you hit level 18 i believe if you level up again your build is non-functional so you also have to do experience point management so that you don't get too naturally strong. Really? Okay. Yes. It is actually kind of fun. I, I will not lie. No, no, yeah, that, that aspect of it you, sounds amazing. Because you're only slowly getting the pieces of this, like, chapter by chapter to build it up, but you still have to keep yourself weak while you're making the build. So individual encounters, like Tubba Blubba's Heart and anti guy actually become really quite fun. Fascinating. That's a great way to play through an RPG. Mm -hmm. Like, can it be broken easily? Yes, it's an easy baby game for babies. 100%. But it is... The individual pieces that it gives you that you would only usually take one or two of before trying to make a more balanced build are so fun to stack together and you can do it so creatively that I really, really appreciate the little nuance and minutia of the game. Oh yeah, for sure. It's giving me Nuzlocke vibes of just like, yeah, base game is just kind of snooze fest, but if you just start kind of making your own... Uh path with it, it becomes absolutely incredible and engaging well I, I wouldn't even call it like hard in any sense in the same way that nuzlocke is I, I would call it like trying to do a pokemon run with only one pokemon but you're starting with dragonite <laughs> okay yeah and like at the first it's a weak dragonite and he doesn't have anything to deal with brock because he's only got all normal type attacks. Mm -hmm. But then you get there and it's like, oh, it's Dragonite. I got it. <laughs> and that has been the experience. Um, just delightfully charming writing. Paper Mario is oh, yeah, for sure. really the first game that just outright wants to tell a Mario story. Because before this, it's Mario was obstacle courses. He was a world made of floating platforms. And the only exception to that being Super Mario RPG, which was intentionally a diversion for that. It's literally Square crashing into Mario and going, you want to be an RPG now? It, it's intentionally subversive. Mm -hmm. Paper Mario is the first time I feel like just the Mario world and the world building of Mario's world is played completely straight. And it's yeah. it's really fun. Mario has a really fun world. I just like little things like after every chapter going to this couple who is like, we just bought a house. We're in the city now. Yeah, it's nice. There's nothing to do here. I'm freaking bored. There are terrorists <laughs> all around the city now. That was exciting. The terrorists are gone. I'm bored now. Ah, uh, that's amazing. Like just how much detail they go into. I don't think it's appreciated that every single NPC and every single screen of this game has to have unique dialogue for Goombario to tell you about it. Really? Yes, because his ability is Tattle, and he tells you about the area you're in. And you can do that to get puzzle solutions or for him to tell you about the general area. 
And sometimes you'll just be in a desert with 30 different screens and he'll go, I fucking hate sand so much, Mario. Mario, I am going to die. Mario, guess what? This screen has more sand in it. <laughs> Mario, look, there are rocks. Aren't you hyped for rocks? No? Guess what? Same. Uh, I, I knew he had that for enemies. I had no idea it worked for the environment as well. Yep, and you go up to an NPC, he will tell you about the NPC. Okay. I'm and that impressed. will change if their state changes. Like, you'll go, this is a bomb from Koopa Brothers Fortress. You find him later. This is a bomb formerly from Koopa Brothers Fortress. He's settled down now. Gosh, that sounds like the most charming thing ever. Yeah, I'm gathering footage for this. I'm really impressed that Goombario has a character because I didn't think he did. But now I realize, no, he's surprisingly jaded and also horny. And he's a child, so that's weird. But every single female NPC, he's like, wow, she is so cute. Mario, you think I got game? You think I got the Goomba Riz? <laughs> I don't know why Goombas are so horny in all of the games I'm playing. However. <sighs> so, yeah, that's been the little new little twist to it that I've been enjoying. But overall, yeah, Paper Mario. Um, it's a good game where nothing happens. Um but for the most part, I would say that it is a good game if you are specifically looking to enjoy Mario's world. It is, honestly, I would say the best exploration of just a Mario game in general. Like, the first Boy. chapter is just an adaptation of Super Mario Brothers 3's fortresses because you go through the grassland and every time you level up, it plays the Mario 3 grassland theme. And then you go into a fortress modeled after one of the Mario 3 fortresses. The final stretch of it plays the airship theme as you're dodging bullet bills. And the boss plays a remix of the Hammer Brothers theme from Mario 3 that would play if you were fighting Boom Boom. It is taking the elements that Mario has and fully exploring them as an RPG. And I really love that about it. And I don't think any other Mario RPG really capitalizes on that. Because most of them are usually Mario visiting another place or a setup like Mario is in time. Mario is inside Bowser. Mario mm. is in a dream. Oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. I never thought about the original Paper Mario in that way. Gives me a new See, appreciation I, for it. I think that a lot of my appreciation for Mario as a whole does come from this game. Oh, I can absolutely see that. So, yeah, I just, I just think it's cool. And it, it helps me appreciate Thousand Year Door more for being a distinct subversion of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me about Baldur's Gate 3 because I am really excited for this game. Yes! Oh my... Where do I even start? I start getting... Gosh, I have to actually be kind of careful about the gameplay. Where's the official showcase? 
Uh, this one. Has Sven in the corner, but that's okay. Sven's probably the most wonderful CEO I have ever seen. <laughs> Alright, so... Where do I even start with this game? Uh, I have been dying to play this game since it was first revealed, I think back in, what, 2018, I think? Something like that. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, the previous game that this studio worked on, is one of my easy, mm -hmm. t easy top 10 game of all time. And apparently they did so well on it that they actually got the... It was kind of almost intentionally a proof of talent that they brought to the owners of D&D. &D. They were like, hey, we can do really well with these kind of RPGs. Can we please make Baldur's Gate 3? And they did. And this game might actually be perfect. Um, from cre character creation alone, I knew this star. I'm going to be checking my notes a lot because I have pages and pages of them. No, no, no. Please, please. Um, from character creation alone, I knew this was just an absolutely mind-blowing attempt at a game. Uh, ignoring the seven origin characters with completely unique story paths that you can go through, mm -hmm. uh, all 12 baseline D&D classes are here. So you got your monks, you got your rangers, you got your paladins, all that. Uh, with 11 different fantasy races... Uh, most of both of those have various subclasses or subraces for further customizations. There's Can I be a pirate? Uh, I, th I think so. Charlatan? Tell me the combination that I need to be a pirate. Uh, if you own Divinity, you get a pirate hat, because that's one of the NPCs from uh, Divinity, and they give you a few cool references with that. Uh, yeah, I, I think pirate's absolutely doable. I've seen scimitars, I've seen the hats, it's absolutely possible. I don't know if there's flintlocks. You might have to mod it for flintlocks, but this is a PC game, so the mods are going to be absolutely insane. Okay, okay. Uh, like, 11 backgrounds on top of that, and every single one of those aspects, your class, your race, your background, each individually changes how you interact with the game. A rogue or charlatan can suggest to stab someone in the back. A paladin grants options to actively step in to defend people that no other class has. Uh, if you... <laughs> I had a funny interaction while I was playing multiplayer with my brothers. Uh, one of us was playing a halfling, and uh, one of our companions insulted them by just giving a playful jab about their heights. Same conversation with our tiefling, and they asked if your horns are growing into your brain in addition to out of it. Like, there hmm. is an insane variety of dialogue and interactions in this game to take into account every single little minute detail that you could be doing. I could, this is one of those games I could easily see playing dozens upon dozens of times with every single playthrough being completely different. I, I started it's playing... A go, 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 ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I'm, I'm seeing it in the chat. It's a really good D&D &D simulator. No, it is a really good single-player D&D &D RPG that is given to you by the most loving, considerate team of dungeon masters that you possibly can like DD is a group experience <clears throat> i can say just from the limited scenes that i have done from this game and seen from this game and what i know of this game it is the immaculate world building that you would expect from like a title like witcher 3 or something done in the framework of dungeons and dragons to make it actually kind of function Absolutely. There are, there are so many moments in this game that you can just tell they wanted to emulate that experience as closely as possible. Uh, like, uh, for example, there is 
a genuinely stupid amount of just kind of back and forth banter between your companion characters. Mm-hmm. Just being like, like someone asking a and be like, okay, just level with me. If you had to choose to bite one of us, who would you choose? Like, if you were okay with it. And just kind of just a small little conversation as you're walking. You can absolutely see being like a kind of role play thing between different friends. Just being like trying to find like fun little things to talk about in character. Um, I had a great moment in a boss fight. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's the goblin camp. People, a lot of people have seen that. Uh, there's this big hobgoblin with this gigantic hammer. It hit me, hits me for massive damage. I was like, okay, this is actually really intense. I need to figure out a way to do this. And I look around the area, and I notice that they were they have this spider pit that they've been kicking prisoners into as a kind of like messed up gladiator sacrificial kind of deal. And I realized mm-hmm. that the that the hobgoblin is standing right next to that. I could almost feel that moment of asking the dungeon master, "Hey." Can I just push the big bad into the spider pits and be like, okay, I roll for it. I rolled amazing, and it absolutely works. <laughs> yeah, and there no, trust are me. Moments like that everywhere. I I'm hearing for this game from my sister, who is much bigger into D and D than me. She is currently, I think, further than what guides are allowing for right now mm-hmm. into the game. And just she said, yes, I have solved multiple um, I've solved multiple multi-room, multifaceted puzzles by casting knock on a door. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that's, that's how this game works. Mm-hmm. You have complete creative freedom over however you want to approach any scenario. You can be stealthy, you can try to be diplomatic, you can avoid it entirely, you can instantly delete everybody by just sneaking around and pushing them off of buildings. Uh, any build is viable. Like, like I talked roleplay earlier. Gameplay alone, like, I could see completely different, like, wildly different builds and playthroughs just based on what spells are chosen or which stats are favored. Like, one point in charisma could completely shift how you approach the game because it just allows you to do different things. Mm-hmm. Be the difference between com- convincing someone to stand down and join you or having to fight and kill them, lose them forever. I actually accidentally killed one of the main companion characters in my first playthrough because I couldn't convince her not to kill some innocent people. And I was like, okay, well, you're kind of an asshole. I'm, I'm going to kill you now. And I didn't yeah, realize that non-lethal attacks does not do not apply to projectiles. Nysterian kind of one-shot her. <laughs> You know, he would do that. Uh, question from: Should I have some form of experience with D anD D to play this, or is it complete oh, noob? Can I have fun? Absolutely. This might be one of the best first introductions to D anD D that exists out there. Like, if you have no form of experience, that's fine. Like, there's a couple of rules. Like, you need to remember that, like, you have a limited amount of spell slots. But even then, like, long rests aren't really penalized in this game. mm Hmm. No, yeah, I, and, like, difficulty options are available as well for people that are just new to the formula and need to learn it. Like, you, tutorials are great. You don't need anything to go into yeah, this. Yeah, for, for previous Baldur's Gate games, uh, do I need previous D&D experience? Absolutely, 100%. You can so easily create a character who is functionally worthless mm-hmm. that there is no shot that you are going to be able to beat the game. This game, I have seen D&D players 
individually craft their characters and they will be exactly what the recommended build is. Mm -hmm. Like they have actually built it so that you, a human being, can play the video game without doing the 10 hours of research necessary to know how to get a character who will be capable of playing the video game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I do have a few hiccups with that. I don't like how they give... Um, uh, there's kind of two segments of 5e D&D right now. It's kind mm-hmm. of caused a split in the community. And one of the latter ones, latter gameplay aspects, has been implemented here that I'm not as fond of. They took away the various stat buffs for different races, like you have Dragonborn, who are much stronger, Gnomes are more intelligent, and replaced those with individual abilities for each individual race, which, on one hand, I totally get why they did it, because it lets you do all sorts of weird, wacky builds, like you can have a halfling that's a barbarian, and that's just hilarious. Yeah. But at the same time, it also makes it so there are now objectively better choices. Like, not only are gnomes great as barbarians, they are, like, hands down the best choice for a barbarian because they resist mental magic. And I kind of just wish... I don't know. I wish it was a toggle that you could just choose one or the other depending on what you prefer. Because okay. I also kind of feel like it kind of takes away the charm of the gnome barbarian... If they're you're kind of choosing that as the unoptimal option, because it still absolutely works. I've played unoptimal characters in real D&D, and it's fantastic. It's hilarious. Well, I think that playing unoptimal characters in real D&D is to your advantage oh, versus absolutely. doing it in a video game. Because in a video game, the DM will not fudge rolls for you. You have to deal no, th- with this, what the dice gives you. video game... Fudges so many more roles than any other DM would do for you. Yes, I I agree that it is much nicer. Ins- However, it's how inspiration works. Like it is much better. I you can save scum also, which completely. Well, well, well yes, but you can always nice. save scum. But and plus, I feel like this is a game that is best played if you let the dice take you where they want to go. Like, I think that is, like, this is just personal preferences of D&D for me, but I feel like failure is just as interesting when it comes to success, when it comes to D&D, because that completely changes the direction of the story. This is not a game that's necessarily designed around winning all the time. Like, I talked about that companion I killed earlier. Like, yes, that does lose me everything that her side of the story would allow for, but the game takes that into account. This game is brilliant in like taking every single scenario of, okay, is this character alive or dead? Do they like you or do they hate you? And just continuing to build a story in those various directions. I, I kind of want to see a playthrough where you just intentionally fail and just see what happens, because I'm positive that that is an amazing story in this game. I've played a lot of games that try to feel like Dungeons & Dragons. Like, some get very, very close, but nothing holds a candle to the sheer breadth of these evolving encounters here that make you feel like the DM is having to react to the stupid choices that your characters are making. Right, right, right. Also, in terms of just, like, depicting classic D&D stuff, like, this is... 
This has been hitting my heart in ways that few video games can. I actually got a little choked up seeing the Underdark for the first time. Just just ascending a ladder and just going deeper and deeper and deeper as the crystals become more and more alien. Just seeing the entire underground expanse. Like, it, it gave me that same... Oh my gosh, this is a real Avernum that I got from Tears of the Kingdom. But, it, like, this is... <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom, like, great game. Very repetitive in its world design. This is, like, everything is meticulously crafted, and it is gorgeous. Uh, Ranger's good, and Paladin's still one-dimensional. I have not played nearly enough to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I have been playing as a Paladin, and that has been very, very fun. Uh, every single time I get a choice between keeping my oath or breaking it, I'm just kind of sitting there awestruck, being like, okay, this is taking the story in two branching paths, and I've seen, like, 12 of them before this. It's so sweet. So, kind of one-dimensional, but you can break that dimension whenever you want to. Poor little 1D boy. <laughs> going through the world. Ah, uh, gosh, what else can I play? say about this? Uh, all the characters are fantastic. Just, just across the board. Uh, yes, from all I've seen, yes. I, I, everybody has, like, I, I, they, they so feel like just characters that were brought to the table, like, they all got their one big secret that they're hiding from the rest of the party, and ha they'll all mix and match in various ways how those secrets collide together. Uh, like, I have a playthrough playing as Astarian. And you, it's actually, right. um, instead of in other playthroughs where he's revealed as a vampire immediately and your party kind of just accepts that, it's actually a role-playing choice when you're playing as Asterion to be like, okay, do I trust this person enough? Do I reveal to them that I am a vampire? And you, just ha you have to constantly juggle that with each individual character. Like, you can't use your vampiric stuff until they all know but at the same time, there's a very good chance that this monster hunter is just going to kill you because you're a monster. Yeah. And just watching his story grow and evolve, like seeing his confusion and aversion to kindness thrown his way is absolutely adorable. It, the, is he as immaculately voice acted as every scene that I've seen with him? Oh, absolutely. All of the characters are in... I don't know who voice directed this game. It would have had to be multiple people with the amount of dialogue here, but yes. they were on the same wavelength the whole way through it. The voice direction and acting in this game is unironically perfect. No, I've, I've seen the outtakes of the narrator just going, whoa, that's a word with four apostrophes in it. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's amazing. <laughs> oh. they, and they all have... Like, they hit every single spectrum of what they could be doing in the game. Like, there's an entirely separate set of voice lines, just in case the characters are walking around regularly or sneaking. Like, they'll go really close to the microphone and whisper in case there's nobody else that's supposed to hear them. And there's just, like, alternate versions of that for everything. Like, these voice actors must have lived in a recording booth for months. I can only imagine, and especially with just how piecemeal the game was in coming out with its development, I assume that it was just a constant development of the character. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, 
I just want to praise Larian for the way they develop their games like that. It's it's very mm-hmm. much a Hades style. Just like, okay, we want this game to be the best it can be. So we're going to bring you guys into it. And we want you to tell us like what you want. Uh, you, you like this character? You want him to be more scenes? Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll uplift this druid to become one of your co- companions. We're absolutely down to do that. And they have just made sure that... Well, you can't make everybody happy. So they take every single bit of feedback into the game and make sure it's as good as it can possibly be. It's a... It's essentially an indie studio that has grown to triple A size without sacrificing its independence for corporate oversight. Mm-hmm. And it shows tremendously. I have to say that just looking at it... And knowing what they do and how involved they are with their fans, because I do know um, Asterian's personal quest for this game, which mm-hmm. I will not spoil, but I will say. Thank you. Based on the feedback the community has had for that character. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, things were done. Involving how people felt. I can't wait to see. What's crazy about that is. There's, like, multiple stories to be told there, depending on which direction the personal quest goes. No, exactly, exactly. And I just love that you're not going to get that from another game and from very few other sources of media. It's a very rare thing to be able to organically respond to feedback without feeling super abrupt with it. Without mm. feeling like mm. like how Life is Strange did it with, oh, people hate this can quest. Let's mock the can quest in episode five. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is, a, this is a living, breathing game. I know they've said they don't want to update it too much, but, like, this is... I want this game to live forever, man. I already feel like it's going to live forever. There is no way I'm ever <laughs> going to see everything that this game has to offer. Yeah, Not no, you close. got a lot there. You can close the book, I think. And you could, then you could open the book, and you'll be like, oh, wow, a new book inside of the book. If you, if you turn it upside down, it somehow reads an entirely different story in the other direction. <laughs> if I open the other cover, it's a manga now. Yeah, j- j- just to give people a sense of how much variety is in this game, my brother has played the beta close to 30 times, and even he was flabbergasted over how he's never seen like individual starting reactions or interactions between various NPCs. Mm-hmm. I just I want to see a playthrough of good and evil pass through every character. Does does Will fight his demons or does he join them? Does the Dark Urge? With by the way, the Dark Urge is the do you have best. the Dark Urge? I haven't tried a playthrough yet, but I'm absolutely going to. Just having this, I remember in development they were complaining about how people weren't choosing the evil options. So mm-hmm. it seems like they literally made a character origin that's like, okay, it's going to force you to choose even worse than the evil options. And I just can't wait to see how they made that happen. Do you know how specifically that functions mechanically? Um, I know, like, I saw a demonstration of when the character Gale is introduced. Like, he's stuck in a mm-hmm. portal and just kind of holds his hand out. Yes. He's like, hey, hey, can you help me out here? And, like, you can choose to leave him there or, like, give him a hand. The Dark Urge will rip his arm off. Yes. Yes. But, you know, that's because you have an option of think about how it would feel to rip his arm off. And then you black out and you do it. I can't remember if it's actually, like, you have to roll the dice to resist it. I hope that's how it works because that's fascinating. So this is how it works. Um... 
the first time that you see an option that the Dark Urge really wants you to pick and you say no, it will let you. Every single time that you do not pick a Dark Urge option, it will roll against you. Yes! Until either you pick a Dark Urge option or it forces you to pick one. That is exactly what I was hoping it was. You have to sate it so that it will not fuck you up in a decision that you definitely don't want it to trigger in. Oh, that's that's so good. I these developers are these they the people who make this game are my heroes. Just just straight up. This this is my favorite video game studio. Like it's not a question in my mind. It has been for a while. Did, and like that's Divinity fair. was also like a top ten game. This is blowing that out of the water in every single way. <laughs> I I I'm struggling to think of what else. Like I've had the highest hopes for this game for years now, and it's it's just it's gone above and beyond it seems kind of good my guy like it does all of this while still keeping to like the cool things that larian has done with their own games like there's so many just fun terrain options like you can cast a grease spell somewhere to cause everybody to fall over only to throw a fireball at that same spot and cause the grease to explode can cover out of water and then the smoke becomes cover for you and just the amount of little gameplay aspects that interact with each other. The fact that you can just speak with animals and unlock an entirely separate, beautiful cast of characters is insane. Yes. And the way the animals are voiced, like the second you meet a cat in this game, it will become your favorite game of all time. I've heard a Scottish spider. I'm a fan. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You just talk to a cat and just, like, lean into its ego and be like, Oh, yes, I suppose I will let you bask in my presence for a while. Can you <laughs> tell the arrogance of the master? She promised me milk, and I haven't seen any milk. Okay, I'm bored of you now. Go away. <laughs> just every aspect of this game is a 10. Gameplay, music, visual presentation, writing, world building. It's all perfect. I, I can hunt for nitpicks. The game, like, how everything is a cutscene. Kind of gets weird in multiplayer. Like, people are constantly jumping in and out, but that kind of adds to the the random chaos of a D&D oh, session oh, I assume anyway. So. Like, all co-op is goofy. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Th- th- this is D&D co-op if each individual character had their own separate Dungeon Masters, and it is just hilarious to have when people say, uh, hey, hey, guys, uh, I'm in trouble. And just watching them in the center of this blazing inferno as they're standing on top of a like a sarcophagus as fireballs are whizzing over each other how do i turn this off (laughs) it is just amazing good this easily gets into my top 100 and i can see a reality where this continues to rise to become my favorite game of all time like i i I can easily see that it's kind of cheating because dungeons and dragons is my favorite game of all time but it's 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 perfect. It's everything. Oh, I wanted, If it's like so your favorite D and D camp, if it's like one of your favorite D and D campaigns, then who cares? That should count. Oh no, it absolutely counts. It's like saying, "Oh yeah, Dragon Quest shouldn't count because it's based off of D and D or adapted from D and D." And therefore, everything that Dragon Quest inspired should also not count. And when we really think about it, everything's just Lord of the Rings at the end of the day. Everything is just Celtic mythology at the end of the day. 
Nah, I think Tetris Attack is separate from Celtic <laughs> mythology. Just Tetris Attack, though. Panel de Pond is fair not. Enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'll stop here. I've got so many more stories to tell, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be the only thing I'll be bringing for the next several months. <laughs> No, that's fine. That'll be, that'll be a good balance to when I go and then, then I play Mario Sunshine. It was okay. <laughs> Alright, but yeah, Baldur's Gate 3. Like, everything you've heard is true. This game is phenomenal. I, I give it my highest recommendations. This blows every other game. This game, or even this decade, for me, out of the water. It is genuinely perfect. Okay, and that's all the games I had on my own. But hey, I was in California. I visited you for yeah. a bit. What games did we play? Guess what? I'm also in California. That's a thing. Guess what we played? Was it Street Fighter? Yes, let's talk about Street Fighter. Yeah! Let's go. It's everyone's favorite segment, Street Fighter. Street Fighter's still great. It's such, it's such a good game. I'm it's put so on. good. I'm my hand healed, and I felt great. Uh, I hate you because you said Dalsim felt good. It Dalsim felt so good. I feel so bad about that. But like just <laughs> the feeling of just being able to warp to the other side of the screen and have like three reads that you can throw out there before you can even close the gap to him. Being like, oh, is he going to jump? I can cover the whole screen. Is he going to charge at me? I have three different projectiles that take care of that. <sighs> But God, the, the whole just, I had an aneurysm. First time playing JP versus you with modern <laughs> loop controls. Do you that know what they say so about much. the modern man? He walks up and he hits the rising uppercut. And what's he going to do after? Is it going to be a grab or is it going to be a second rising uppercut? Just flip a coin every single goddamn time for 15 matches in a row. It was the incredible feeling of slowly walk up and grab, followed by slowly walk up and grab, followed by slowly walk up and grab, followed by rising uppercut to take the round. It's so hard to do that. Because, like, with JP, you got that whole feeling that, oh, yeah, I need to, like, I need to keep them at a distance, try to try to figure out, okay, here's how to zone it. And you can't, and it's so hard to do that when you don't know how. <laughs> oh, my God. Time. Even, Why even is this your option? I being a tiny-minded little baby who can't convert in anything, when you just have to hit the button with Luke and he does it, it's so uh, good. But it, but even then, like it was so fun to finally hit that moment where I'm finally starting to win. And be like, okay, I'm starting to figure out. God, is this character so fun? We actually start to get him. Just like having somebody stuck on the other side of the screen and there is nothing they can do because you keep reading. Okay, do I throw out the little stabby thing or do I throw out the thing that's going to grab you? It's just, oh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's so good. It is good. And I will say that did prevent you from getting 10-0'd. You did, in <laughs> fact, make it to 9-1 against Modern Luke. I don't know if he was even modern Luke. I, I went 10-0 versus Rising Uppercut or Grab. That was... That was just... Excuse me, uh. I had other things. I hit Sandblast. Sometimes I went Beast Mode Baby. <laughs> Sometimes you, you, I actually hit his normals because his normals are good. 
Uh, but God, this is such a fun game. Ah, what else? It is. Any other things? Man, it's going to suck saying that this is worse than Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, fuck no. Oh, wait, no. Worse than? Oh, easy, easy. No problem. Yeah. No, I, I'm going to hate God. that. Street Fighter, I no. Fucking Tears love of the Kingdom. This game. Like, High Fighters, I adored you, but Baldur's Gate is just perfection. Sorry. No. It's okay, you can be wrong. I, I have on record, written record, Pira Kong saying that if a Donkey Kong came out, game came out, he'd have a moral dilemma having to admit that Baldur's Gate 3 was better. I probably would, that is true. Uh, but back to I I loved watching just Evo, in general. Yes. Finally, having a fighting game where I actually kind of understand what's going on on screen. Right? Isn't it such a difference <laughs> to actually be like, I get it. I have a basis it's for like, this. Oh yeah, that was so impressive. Holy shit! But, I oh my god, when Persona Four Arena was actually a thing, and or when I actually remembered how Marvel Three worked, it was so engaging to actually watch it. We'll say that. Marvel 3, kind of not fun watching at EVO once it got to the really high-level stuff. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Once it gets it, to lightning loops lo- all yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, 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 shut up. Every time no, the like, Hagar is pools, on screen. Pools was fantastic. I just hated the the Grand Finals. Well, yeah, but getting there and the ability, to, like, every Hagar player is incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, have you seen Lytheros, like, Marvel video? Yes. Have I seen a like Thorough video? One hundred percent. That man, that man uh, carries so much of my appreciation for like half of the Evo games. That and Dragon Ball Fighters. Mm. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, Rashid is so cool. Rashid is cool. I appreciate that he is a character who does no damage to instead give you anxiety attacks from every angle. Oh, just watching people just dart back and forth with Tornado, being like, I'm over here, now I'm over here, now I'm over here. Yes. It's so fun. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to watch. I can't do it for the life of me, but it's so oh, fun Oh, yeah, no, no, no. 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. I'm I'm sure we'll have more to say on SF6 more. Uh we did actually, speaking of Light Arrow, did play Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh yeah, yeah. That was Which was the that was the first time I ever cracked that game open, and boy, is that a game that instantly makes you feel like Dragon Ball. Right. I don't think it's nearly as good of a fighting game, but I think from the sense of hit the buttons to get to the Kamehameha, it is great. Oh yeah, for sure. Just being able to actually pull off, like, okay, I've, I've hit, like, 20 moves in a row. This game kind of plays itself, but it feels so good while doing so. Right? I mean, there are things that you do, and there are mix-ups, and, like, Dragon Rush mm. is free until you realize it's not. Which is that one where you just hit the R1 button, and they do the combo and send you into the air. Mm, and then okay, you hit yeah, the yeah. buttons, and they do the combo. But... No, it's so good. I did break my rule that said I will not play this game until Mr. Satan is playable. Oh, you betrayed Mr. Satan? I did because you you were my friend. Okay, that's fair. I I appreciate that. Thank you. And I sat there. I got to tell you about Majin Buu. It was very funny just having no idea who the characters were and just kind of trying to give my basic first impressions. Be like, no, yeah, that's that's, that's pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) 
Isn't that great? Well, I'm going to make you into a cookie now. Just what was it? Nappa feeling like like the initial Fire Emblem boss, and apparently that's spot on. That is exactly what Nappa is. <laughs> right down to that initial boss going to their boss and begging for forgiveness and dying. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, just going on with the fighting games. We also played uh, which Guilty Gear game? Uh, was Exert it? Revelator. Exert. The okay, the first okay. Revelator. Yeah. It was so fun watching you try so hard with Ino, and I was just shutting off my brain and mashing buttons with Johnny. He has a <laughs> very well long sword. Looks... <laughs> I am playing a technical character that I've never once touched. I had no idea what I was doing the entire time, but it was so much fun. It was working. You were misfinering pretty well on accident. <laughs> oh, no. Slayer's good. Slayer's such a fantastic character. That's an S tier easy. I like when he go in and he just is fast and is everything that I want from Rushdown. Every animation that he has is just my favorite animation ever. He does not give a shit about anybody or anything. He, he loses and he's just kind of reclining. He's been like, okay, yeah, I, I guess I'll let you have your moment. You can pretend like you won. Brio is so weird to use, but I always want to play her. Same! Same! She is so good looking! Usually with the jacket, but, you know, <laughs> with, with the things and the glasses and the... Mm. No, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there. She's ridiculously attractive. I did not realize that May was a charge character until I realized, oh, she's just a Honda. Okay. Oh God, Faust. I love Faust so much. <laughs> Those May versus Faust games where you can just open a door anywhere and you're just there. Like, okay, I'm at my next patient. Every single little thing he does is my favorite thing ever. And I'm so, like, he's Coco a serious... Hopping. He on this floor. He's a serial murderer. He's the best and he's serial bald. murderer then. No, he's not. <laughs> just that moment of just May horrifyingly be like, I think I understand you. You, you're bald. <laughs> For the win quote. Yes. <laughs> I can never land his instant killing. You got yours on me. I was so upset by that. Yeah. Because I'm sure it's... Because I've seen that. I know it's like the hair afro thing. And that's so good. <laughs> ah. What a fun game. I didn't know what I was doing. But what a fun game. Yeah. Exactly. You should have played Bedman. I should have played Bed... Why didn't I play Bedman? I don't know. He has those mechanics that are the same as Echo is in Project L with the time oh, delusion stuff. Oh, we got stuff. some new stuff. To I'm so excited for that game, too. <laughs> Evo was <Right>. so good! <laughs> uh-huh. <sighs> and then one last game that we played, which was uh, just a minor game called uh, Donkey Kong Country. Because, eh, of course. Uh, I will yeah. say, probably my least favorite of the ones we played. I, I, I feel like the other two just have so much more... I, I, I can tell this is the first one, you know? Yes. Yes, I agree. Like, the secrets just uh, aren't as fun. Like, I feel like the envi the environments do a really good job of feeling like a single interconnected world. I do appreciate what it does for, like, mm -hmm. Donkey Kong's universe. Yes. 
But at the same time, I really like the really th cool themed carnival rides and pirate worlds from the other two games. No, I I do agree with you. At the same time, I feel like this is the most arcadey pick up and play. Like I felt like every time that there was a death, we just immediately got back in it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like I think that this is just the fastest feeling DKC game. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Whereas I, I know that DKC2's movement is faster, but at the same time, this is just the one that you go through the fastest. I think it's it's a thing of pacing. I think the pacing in this game is really, really good for that. It just flows effortlessly. Mm -hmm. I love the moment of accidentally getting the skip on that snow level. Yes. No, that's how it happens with everyone. And trust me, I was determined to wait until either you accidentally got it or you managed to get through the barrel puzzle. It's it's so funny because I was convinced it was like higher than that. Like you had to shoot upwards and it would shoot you lower. But like, nope, it's like, oh, I missed that one. Like, oh, oh. Yeah, no, it's just underneath the third barrel. All right, then. Uh, I love Cranky Kong so much. Cranky Kong just is so e good. Every single word out of that character's mouth. I, I definitely understand your qualms with movie Cranky Kong much more. Just, mm -hmm. just having ex the experience of all these games now. Like, he's he's good, but, like, this, this, this Cranky Kong that's in this game here is better than, like, the vast majority of Nintendo's characters. Oh, yes, completely agreed. He's, like, he's top ten, no question. Maybe even top five. Like, he's such a fantastic joke that only works if the game is good. Exactly. <laughs> Fun game. You're, you're, yeah, it was fun. It's fun playing Donkey Kong with you. I never died. I lived forever. Ah, that's not true. <laughs> that one moment of of you saying almost exactly that as you were falling into a bottomless pit. Yeah, fine. Yeah, I said I. Die, but... No, I said I'll need it. I'm not going to get the bananas. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> and I knew I was falling into the pit as I was saying it. Guess what? It was funny. I was Yeah, sometimes dying. you are allowed to die to be funny, guys. Uh, it's just a grand old time. 100%. I uh, also played Crash while I was there, too. Almost forgot oh, about that. Oh, that's right, you did play Crash 4. Uh, I was not expecting to love that game as much as I did. I only got through, like, the first the first two worlds? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, uh, through, kind of through Engine. You, yeah, you got no. There's not really a tutorial in Crash. It's it's actual game, but you got you got through engine. Yeah, my my goodness, I I, I have been sleeping on Crash Bandicoot. Maybe just the fourth one. I I feel like a big reason I'm liking it is a big part of like the themings and the masks and just that moment of getting the uh the the blue one that swaps. I can't remember his name. Lonnie Loli, yeah. Yeah, Lonnie Loli, and just kind of watching this environment swapping and realizing that, oh, okay, this is going to get crazy later. And then, like, two mm -hmm. screens later, being like, oh, no, it's getting crazy now. Oh, it's crazy now. <laughs> no, no, you ready? <laughs> but th that is, that is my, f that game is my favorite type of difficulty, because it always feels like such bullshit, but at the same time, you recognize every single time, no, this is possible. This is on me. I just need to figure this out. And that feels Crash, amazing. 
the combination of Crash 4's double jump with how the levels are laid out means that I think that it has probably the least bullshit deaths in the series. It's just asking a lot of you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, you have the tools to even correct mistakes midstream. The issue is, damn, you can make a lot of mistakes at any moment. Gosh, well, how did you describe it? You start getting freaked out over the small thing, I mean, the hard things to the point that the small things start getting you, and then the small things start scaring you. Just all that, that back and forth, that gameplay loop is impeccable. I love it so much. The moment where you start getting scared of an enemy who is simply swinging an axe back and forth (laughs) in a repetitive motion is the moment where you know the video game is good. For sure, for sure. I not much to say. The that that's rhythm boss fight was yes absolutely phenomenal. Yes, engine always has good boss fights. That's a really good one. Hmm. Hmm. much? I I, I want to keep playing that game. Yeah. I was absolutely sold on that experience. Yeah, it is a great game if you do not want 100%. Oh, God, that moment where you just pointed out <laughs> that little puzzle. Yeah, look on the wall right there. I just kind of squint in, and it's just this little, like, okay, you jump on this one, and then this one, and it's the only context clue to grab the stupid gem, and that gem is important to get all the boxes in the next level, and just, oh, my, that, that game would drive me nuts. Oh, it sure is. That moment where you had the exact same moment of everyone else playing Crash 4, where you miss exactly one box in the first level. It's like, wait, wait, I, I, I'm sure I checked everything. You gotta just look backwards. I started, I took like three steps back and you're just like, no, dude, don't even try. It's, no, I went, no, it, it's not where you can get it. You're mm. fine. Keep going. Please just, just play the game. And when you hit the end, you're good. Maybe get the flashback tapes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Those flashback tapes are amazing. What fun God. little gauntlets. Absolutely. All right. And I think that's all. I think that's it. We've defeated video games. Huzzah! Let's move to the future sites. Yep. Future sites! I forgot to update the transition again, but it's fine. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> All, right, so, got? All right, so we got plenty of things. Uh, Limited Run Games actually announced a lot of things, um, and a lot of them were really cool. I'm not super fond of LRG as a company, but they put out a lot of really cool things that are enabling a lot of really cool things right now. Nice. So to go with this, um, Gargoyles Remastered, that is the Disney Afternoon cartoon Gargoyles that they are remastering the SNES game of. Okay. Which is just cool. It's not as good as Aladdin or a lot of the other Disney Afternoon games that are well known, but it's Gargoyles. Um, We have, let's, let's pronounce this correctly. Comajo Remilia Scarlet Symphony, the uh, Toho Castlevania game. Oh, okay. It's just in that dark, deep gothic art style. Uh, 
starring one of the other characters, not Luna Knights, but much more very Castlevania judgment in its art style. Lots of dark. The shading is very dark and black and has a lot of detail to it. A lot of extra gothic look to it. A lot of reimagining of characters in like the extra creepy bony style Mm -hmm. to fit the haunted castle theme more. And I'm just like, oh, cool. This hasn't been available in a good form since like 2009. That's great. Uh, an HD version of the worst roller coaster tycoon game. Oh, yay! That's what everybody was asking for. I'm just gonna play the showcase in the background. I'm not gonna look for video footage. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem, no problem. Uh, Tomba! Freaking Tomba! I remember that. R- remind me, that name's ringing bells, but I can't remember. He is a caveman with pink hair. Yeah! He has a really cool anime opening, and then the game looks like Mischief Makers. Okay, okay. It's just cool. I like Tomba. I had Tomba 2 as a kid, and I never finished it, but I was always like, this is a weird game for me to have. Uh, Santa gave me a fire hammer in this game, so it has to be good. (laughs) Indeed. That's all I can remember. Can't argue with that Um, logic. The Gex Trilogy. Finally, people can re-experience the joys of Taco Night at James Earl Jones' house. Oh, that's so good. The meme lives on. I would unironically love to see a modern Gex with, like, modern humor. I feel like that would be hilarious. Gex is so weird because he is a character to me that lives in two formats, and neither of them are video games. The first is Donkey, and the second is vid- is ads in video game magazines. I vividly remember seeing way too many ads for Gex games back in the day, and nowhere else. Yeah, the, the marketing team went crazy. I have no idea what their marketing budget is. Probably more than the actual game, to be honest. Exactly. <laughs> they also announced Shantae Advance. Do you That's know the background the of this? One that was meant for the one console, but was canceled and never got saw the light of day. Something like that. Yes, yes, it is a Shantae game that was being produced for the GBA that they could not find a publisher for because the original Game Boy Color game sold so ridiculously horribly. Mm-hmm. So they had to shelf it until they could get the DS and mobile game for Risky's Revenge. Mm-hmm. So that's just historically super, super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plumbers Don't Wear Ties Definitive Edition. You're not reacting as much as I thought I you would. I don't know what Plumbers with Ties is. I'm trying to go through Plumbers the... don't wear ties. Uh, it is a live action... Oh, this is gameplay. Semi-porno game? Yes. Oh, oh, that's okay. <laughs> no, no, it is amateur actors, and you're trying to pick a path, and it's awkward, featuring a commentary track from James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd himself, who famously reviewed the game, included in the HD remastering. I'm just trying to find the gameplay in, like, the YouTube thing, and you know, it was all of it. No, 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 that's the game. 
Like I said, you weren't reacting enough. <laughs> That's great. Uh, all right, then. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I think that getting interviews for it and making it a mock documentary kind of thing is probably the best way to preserve the game. Oh, yeah, no, they got James in there. He's in there now. That's so good. Uh, the Rose and Camellia collection, which is a collection of four Flash games, which I can only describe as Noble Woman Punch-Out. That's an amazing sell. My God. It is a game where you are standing there and you are waiting for them to give the tell so that you can properly slap them across the face. Okay, I, I was picturing just, like, Noble Woman from History in, like, a punch-out setting, but that's still pretty good. <laughs> no, no, no. It is polite setting, waiting for the moment to strike their face and call them a brute. <laughs> so that you look good at a party. All right. That's great. Uh, Dungeons of Aether, which is a Rivals of Aether spinoff that's like a dungeon crawler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Which is really cool. I have no attachment to the Rivals of Aether universe, but, like, I'm not going to say it's not a great game. It's a great game. Oh, yeah, same, same, same. I, I, I love watching the just how they translate uh, platform fighter characters, at the very least. It's always fun Definitely. seeing their ideas. Yes. Uh, the first Western release of the original Clock Tower. Yeah. Which, that is super, super cool. Like, that is still a really interesting and really cool horror game mm -hmm. in general. And just finally having that piece of history with us matters a whole bunch. Like, is it clunky as hell and obtuse as hell? Absolutely. But that that plays into its helplessness and just sort of the archaic start of this genre that makes it so cool that a man with a giant pair of scissors can be so scary. Mm-hmm. Mm absolutely agreed and then probably the headliner that everyone's been talking about rz the jewel of Faramore. and i i saw this in the lineup this is the cdi art style this is the spiritual successor to link the faces of evil and zelda wand of gamelon featuring voice actors and artists from those original games that's so f what <laughs> it, it's so funny watching these sorts of like Bubsy sequel, just let's really embrace that this is such a meme that we can get away. Like, is the game going to be good, do you think? Like, will this actually be a functional game, or is it going to be just as bad as those games? Honestly, probably it's going to be pretty decent. Um, the Zelda CDI games were not necessarily terrible. They would have just been, I think, subpar, if not for the CDI's controller being awful to play them on. Ah, okay, okay. And, you know, the whole presentation of them. So there is a distinct possibility that the game will actually play well because the Zelda 2 framework is kind of nice. Like, there's stuff you can do with Zelda 2. I, I love the splash art for the game where the main character has the smuggest look on her face being like, oh yeah, this is a CDI game. Yep. I know what this is and you're going to enjoy it. That's all you need. <laughs> oh, the joys of seeing people pop off to the spiritual successor of Morshu. 
was just a beautiful moment in my existence. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I think that's that's what all that caught my eye for this specifically. Uh, I'm just kind of skimming. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything yeah. else. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Then next is Castlevania Nocturne will premiere September 28th on Netflix. Oh, this right. is picking up, and that will be The Adventures of Richter Belmont. Uh, probably not going to play this. That's a good way to get a copyright strike. Yeah. But yeah. I know I enjoyed Castlevania, like the later scenes, a lot more than you. How are you feeling about this continuation? You hyped? Uh, so? I, I'm glad that it is not Trevor again. I love Trevor. I'm done with him. Okay. Uh, like, moving on to these characters will benefit the series immensely, and there are a lot of ways to nicely carry over elements without overdoing them. All right, all right. Uh, there was the fear of seeing Sexy Colsus Lady, and in my heart of hearts going, Oh God, is that Shaft? <laughs> that is not a character who should be named Shaft. But yeah, overall, it's a it's a good setup. Richter is a good character to explore psychologically. Obviously, the entire Rondo and Symphony part of the Castlevania timeline are really nicely beloved. Skipping right over Simon because he's not actually important. <laughs> yeah, I never really got. Has he ever been fleshed out at all? Ignoring no. the weird Lord of Shadows, whatever that thing was. That's not even Simon. It's oh not... wait, no, the, the alternate the, the, the weird emo. Oh, that, that's right. That's right. The, the simple, all yes. of the belts okay. and chains. No, you're thinking of judgment. Oh, all where right. he's where he's done by the Death Note artist. That's judgment. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But no, Simon has always been. I am a guy, and I'm real strong. I screwed up. I fixed my mistake. I'm out. That does leave a blank template that might be fun to explore, but I'd definitely rather see, like, the Richter stuff first, because I know that all the story stuff around this, and that's going to be very fun to watch. Mm -hmm. We're going to get a proper die monster. I hope it's just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, one can only hope. Uh, anyway, uh, but screw that. How hyped are you for Glorbo? Ah, uh, you said hyped. I was hoping it was... Okay. Uh, I don't know what Glorbo is. You don't know what Glorbo is? You no. are missing out. He is the sensation that is sweeping the world of Warcraft. He is the greatest thing to ever <laughs> grace WoW. If you're not on the Glorbo train, I don't know who you are. I can't even find this. <laughs> Glorbo is advanced so far that he defies comprehension <laughs> glorbo is not just a character he is an identity he is a soul he is something that was made up on the world of warcraft subreddits specifically to trick ai article writers into oh, writing about him oh okay so that i'm on the i'm could, on this <laughs> Yes, so a bunch of people on the World of Warcraft subreddit just decide, what if we just all talk about Glorbo right now? A character who does not exist. 
and a bunch of AI bots that write for video game websites went, oh, wow, now World of oh Warcraft fans are really buzzing so about Glorbo. So just, like, completely exposed who's using AI. That's exactly. amazing. How have I not Glorbo, heard this story? Glorbo is the justice that we need in this society. Oh, I'm so happy. This is the best story. I don't care who it. I need. I need Glorbo in Smash. I need Glorbo in his own game. I need a Glorbo movie. No, let's get. Let's. We, we, I, need, I need my Leroy Jenkins as well. But it's like a tag team fighter sort of deal. Let's get all the memes <laughs> combined, coalesce into one. Exactly. It's a three man team of Glorbo, Hogger, and Leroy all fighting. <laughs> Yo, if if Heroes of the Storm gets revitalized perfect way to do that make an actual glorbo character and it only appears in that game yes if heroes of the storm gets revitalized i will make a glorbo video about how he should be (laughs) (laughs) Uh. so anyway that's that's all but like no i'm i'm so happy you shared that (laughs) my pleasure that's the happiest i've been about warcraft in years uh, speaking of communities saving their game, uh, Versus Saxton Hale was officially added to Team Fortress 2. Hey! Nice! Yeah, weird update for TF2 to have, but, like, super, super cool. Uh, remind me, this is, this is basically just, uh, it, it's the asymmetric kind of... Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, superpowered Saxon. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's Saxon Hale. He jumps around and he scales based on how many people are against him, and he punches you so hard that your skeleton dies. Not like bad. it's it's been around for years, but now it is official. Thus, making Saxon Hale finally officially playable in a video game. A solid what, like fifteen years after his introduction, oh, something like that. Yeah, it's been forever. But hey, I I hope this is, like, the first steps. Like, Overwatch is dying right now. This is the perfect time for Valve to go. Like, wait a second. We have a game right here. Could we use this game? Oh, my God. I'm so happy seeing the Overwatch 2 uh, Steam page and not only seeing overwhelmingly negative reviews on it, which is lovely, but seeing that it outright is missing the artwork tab. <laughs> Oh, God, I didn't even know the next season started. Like, the PvE stuff is actually out right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Man. It's it's, it's, it's such a bittersweet laughing, because, like, I love laughing at it so much, but at the same time, I still like these characters so much. I watched the cutscenes, I felt happy for a second, and then I just felt bad, and then I left. Mm-hmm. That's what they pay, after asking you to pay for. It was literally like an hour's worth of gameplay for the PVE stuff. That's it. That that that, that, yeah. that that's that's the paid content because that's that, that's Blizzard right now. That's what we could salvage. Yay! <sighs> okay, go on, move that up on the docket because that's too of good of a transition. So, but speaking of why the artwork tab would be disabled on Overwatch Two, uh, Street Fighter Six tournament was disrupted. <laughs> Because of a new Chun-Li mod that the owner of the console refused to uninstall. Oh, I can't remember 
have sent that to me, but that was the funniest. <laughs> Just a solid several seconds before the person realized. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One moment. <sighs> yeah, there's there's I, nothing further with this yeah, story, I, I, however. I, 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 it's just hilarious. Just understand that there was a tournament and it had to be stopped for a bit because someone did not uninstall their mods. Uh. God, imagine if that was like an Evo or something. That would have been God, yes. the outroar. God, just thinking of apologies like... from Capcom while simultaneously oh, selling so many copies because of that. Oh, absolutely. Like, you have to consider that this is a company that had to change what costumes you were allowed to put on in uh, tournaments because the default costume for Rainbow Mika was too sexy to be shown on ESPN. Uh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. All right, and then just the less important news, uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2 was announced. I don't know if I can actually show footage of this. We had a yeah. string of things that I could not do anything with. What are you talking about? That guy got away with it. He didn't, but he thought he would. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a good trailer. That that was That is the best way to reveal Squidward in anything. Oh. Oh, yes, absolutely. And uh, just to give the initial trailers, reveals were uh, for Squidward and Jimmy Neutron. Mm -hmm. I also um, had uh, Raphael and Donatello in there, too. Just wasn't really oh, highlighted. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, um, game is getting like a total rework. There is mm -hmm. now slime canceling. Which is awesome. Uh, proper yep. shields, which I prefer just in general. Yep. No shield. Proper shields. I, I love the quote from the developer saying no shield pokes because that's a stupid mechanic. <laughs> good uh side specials exist now mm -hmm. so it's it's the proper melee yeah super moves as well yes yes we do so, have yeah, that this, had a couple revealed just this just seems fun like i i, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed my time with the first one i'm excited for this yeah i and, hope and it's not campaign. fifty dollars please don't it, be fifty dollars single player mode is kind of like a roguelike deal yeah, that sounds right for about the budget they'll probably have. Yeah, that sounds neat. Yeah. yeah. I have seen the leaked stuff. I won't talk about them. Yep. Like, some, some fun characters in there. Yeah, there's some good choices. Some characters that I'm concerned that I'm not seeing on that artwork. Mm -hmm. Both new and should be returning, but... Well, a lot of characters that would be in that. Because I'm sure this is just built off of the old engine. I'd be shocked if anybody was cut. And I think with, like, rights for certain characters, it might be a bit difficult. Oh, yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah. I think they've had, like, all of the... I'm pretty sure I've seen every franchise that was still from the previous one in this current one. Uh, no, Cat Dog isn't in yet. Oh. Okay. Oh, that, that's that, going to be a that's shame. That's why I'm concerned. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's like, I could do the voiceover for that one. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, if they're not in the game, that's a huge signal boost. We can we can use that. That, that that's, good. that's good for you. 
I can't. It'll that's good for me specifically. Yes. <sighs> Alrighty, and then <sighs> frustratingly, I'm going to say some nice things about Mortal Kombat One. <laughs> so they did reveal the overall pack, and guess what? It's three bad supermen. Is John Cena a bad super? He's, he's, he's a bad superhero. He's he's not a superman, but he's the same kind of thing. Oh hmm. my god! I hope that John Cena voices John Cena. <laughs> he probably will. I know he's. he's they a good got him for like Overwatch. That. They can get him for Mortal Kombat. I hope so. D- did you see that uh, story about John Cena and Metroid? And Metro- no, what is the John Cena Metroid story? Oh, John Cena uh, visited Nintendo once, and he's like, I really like Metroid. I hope you make another one. And they're like, we'll get right on that, Mr. Cena. Yes. And then Metroid Dread came out, and Nintendo got a personal letter saying that John enjoyed the new game very much. Thank you. <laughs> excellent, excellent. All is right in the world. But yeah, the Omni-Man, Homelander, Peacemaker, and I think Ermac, and a fifth guy? Uh, Ermac, Quan Chi... Oh, uh, Quan Chi, that's right. That's right. The, 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 one of the kids. There's no, six. No, Takeda isn't a kid. Okay. But yeah, that's fine, and I will begrudgingly admit I am interested in MK1 story mode because they are doing a slow burn turn with Melina in this universe, mm-hmm. and that is a good story to tell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The further exploration of the Tarkadans with Baraka and actually making Baraka look cool when he has not looked cool in like 30 years. Yeah, everything they're doing with the Tarkadans, just making it more of an affliction rather than a species. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's really cool. I am so upset. Mortal Kombat lore is so stupid, but also hits that part of my brain that is like it is just all cool things happening all at once. And it is being told badly, but it is still cool. Mm-hmm. And that frustrates me so much. Fortunately, I get to look at gameplay and go, this still looks like trash. However... More, I cannot deny that Mortal Kombat is very, very successful at hitting the part of your brain that goes, oh, look at that, it's so cool. I'm going to buy it. And then eventually it finds its way into your library. <laughs> you cannot resist. The brand is too strong. It is. Uh, fortunately, I have a reason to stay bad because they revealed Garrus. Garrus, Garrus, a time Sandman, yeah, and and a bunch of other characters like Reptile and stuff who I care, care about less, but mostly Garrus, who is voiced by Phil Lamar, who also voices Kotal Khan, which means we're probably not getting Kotal Khan, so I don't have to buy the game to see how they absolutely wreck Kotal Khan for a third time in a row. Oh, there's still plenty of time, don't you fret? No, he's he's sharing the voice actor. They wouldn't do that. Are you sure? If they change his voice actor, he will already be ruined. Because I love Philomar. Exactly. I do like some of the redesigns, though. Like, Rain looks awesome. I think Maybe not yeah. in Mortal Kombat, but I love the concept of that sort of Aquamancer kind of wizard-looking You see, that's the style. thing. Mortal Kombat is so cool until you actually play any Mortal Kombat game. It is... 
I am looking forward to the collection of cutscenes on YouTube. <laughs> You'll watch the max playthrough of the story mode. I absolutely will. <laughs> okay. Rayman! Yay! Oh my god, he looks so... Ah, oh, I haven't been this happy watching things for a while now. Every... Oh, I got choked up watching this. He, what a so fun, evocative trailer. He looks so fun. This is the perfect kind of wacky off-the-walls, never done anything like it, therefore it's perfect for a Rayman setting. Mm-hmm. Just, oh my god. Like, it, it works so perfectly with him just in a film studio. Uh, just, just small little things, like when he starts doing the helicopter, it's the gem collect sound from Rayman 3. Just, ah, my heart grew three sizes. I and they have him fighting the Phantom, the best original yes! character from the first I game. I can't wait. If, if there is a Phantom song about how he's been usurped by the rabbits, I will die of happiness. <laughs> No, this this is everything I hoped for. This looks so good. I cannot wait for the remixes of Rayman music that I will not recognize. I I I will I will make up for that. I will tell you why you're supposed to care. Okay, great. I like how simultaneously done he looks, but like he'll, he'll he'll start getting it on the antics eventually. Yeah, he's humoring it. Yeah. Ah, oh, God, I actually have to buy this game. I'll have to take a break from Baldur's Gate 3 to play Mario Sparks of Hope. Oh, man, imagine if they have to make you play, like, the whole first chapter like they did with the Donkey Kong DLC. That's gonna be the worst. It's gonna be agonizing. I have to spend so much time on a game. I just... No, no disrespect to it, That you but, might like, like? In comparison... I might like... It, it's... You're still competing with XCOM. XCOM's a top ten game for me. It's gonna be hard. It's different, but it's it, gonna it feels, feel it's going so for a different bad. thing, which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. That, that'll that'll yeah. It won't just be worse XCOM anymore. Yeah. <sighs> I I just yeah. I I hope there's more actual references to other Rayman lore because all the stuff they're doing with Rayman is great. But I haven't seen like, I haven't seen Murphy. I haven't seen Glowbox. I do hope there's more. I'm sure there will be. I'm hopeful there will be. It's a lot of You'll probably origins get more in... and legends, and I hope there's a little bit more of the older stuff. But, like, if, if they're not showing that to me and they excite me with it, I, I'll, I'll be happy with this regardless. It's yeah. Rayman. Yeah. Based on Donkey Kong, there will be more of a feel of it. Mm -hmm. And then a couple musical references and a couple, like, of the weapon skins that will be like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get, like, Reflux's staff as a weapon. That's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 10 out of 10. So excited. Excellent. Uh, there's a new trailer for Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, releasing August 18th on Steam and Switch and September on Xbox and PlayStation. This is the game that is just a new Jet Set Radio game. I've never... Yeah, I'm watching the trailer now. Never heard of this game. But that, yeah, that you, if somebody had told me this was a new Jet Set game, I would believe them. It is just a Jet Set Radio game. It is the exact feel of it. it, is the exact musical stylings of it. Like, it's just one. Mm -hmm. It is just, we have Jet Set Radio at home. Because they won't let it out of jail. Do we have Jet Set Radio at home? I mean, they're, they're, they might be making a new one. I don't know. But hey, 
leave a leave an option open long enough, and people are eventually going to use it. And this does look good. I like the look. Yeah, of this. it does look good. It it's nailing what it needs to nail. Mm. It doesn't look like proof of concept. It looks like another game in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They even have music from one of the JSR artists. I couldn't remember if they got Naganuma or not. So if so, awesome. Oh, Hideki is back. Good. I'm glad the funky uncle is back in business. <laughs> oh, it was Lethal League. Okay, good, 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 good. I did like Lethal League plays quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Good. This has only been on my periphery of like, God, I hope this comes out. God, I hope it doesn't get a C&D before it gets out. And now that it's like set, I'm like confident to go. Yes, yes. People need to see this so they can go. Ooh, this. All right. Persona 5 Tactica is going to have DLC that makes me specifically care about the game. I have no idea what it is. Why is it worth caring about? Because it's a catchy DLC. Of course. Is it <laughs> chronologically set after the main games? The game itself, it seems to be. Okay. Damn it. Which now makes it... it... Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Well, right? right yeah, uh-huh. Huh. Do I want to deal with another not XCOM again? Not XCOMs don't feel that good when I know about X XCOM. They take forever. Ah, we'll see. I might just look up the cutscenes. But hey, that I, I am I am more invested in the game now. Yeah, but there will be a lot of cutscenes. This is true. Just Google yeah, a I... catchy cutscenes. A catchy storyline. Yeah, I don't know. The Persona 5 spinoffs have actually been pretty dang good overall. Oh, no, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, in a way that the previous Persona 4 spinoffs were not. <laughs> except for the ones that play exceptionally well. Mm -hmm. But, like, the writing of it would be like, I understand, GA. Meat. Meat. Meat, indeed. Is that all? Yes? Okay. But yeah, um, damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> You're gonna have to now. Uh, there is a Killer Instinct balance update for its 10th anniversary just oh, because the so devs cool. like it. Yeah. Right? It's just like, yeah, let's just retune the game a little bit. Let's just make people interested again. It was a solved puzzle. Let's unsolve it. I wish more games did that. that. That's, um... I don't know if they'll go any further than that. But like that, oh, I doubt That it. would be a very easy game to just be like, you know, let's start updating this again. Yeah. A Age of Empires 2 this for me. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I mean, it was always kind of a piecemeal game based on its original release model. But this is one that could be updated with every Xbox generation very easily. Mm-hmm. I, I do honestly think that's just the better way to update fighting games these days. Because, mm -hmm. like, you have, you have to spend so much time remaking old stuff for every individual sequel. And, like, technology's gotten to a point that graphical upgrades aren't that noticeable. They're easy to do from one point to another. Like, I don't know. G give me, like, four characters. Give me two killer instant characters every now and then. People would love it. Keeps it alive. I'd be happy. Yeah, that's a lot of work, admittedly, but... I'd be happy. I, I bet you with, like, the how coalesced the fighting game community has been and with how 
like kind of a renaissance we're in right now. I bet you it'd do mm-hmm. well. It'd, it'd make up for the cost. Yeah, I think so. I, I think like a re-release for Ki would be good at least yeah, yeah. for it. Yeah, at this point. Uh, Toby Fox and Zoon are collaborating to cover. UN Owen was her and Battle Against a True Hero as a Ooh. big mashup song. Ooh. Basically, Toby described it as, yeah, I was uh, remixing a Toho song and Zun was remixing uh, Battle for a True Hero. And then we just kind of went over. So we just combined the two. <laughs> That's awesome. Knowing right. how big of a fan Toby is of Toho, like I, I'm so happy for him. He's getting to do everything that you just kind of dream of. I mean, he earned it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know I didn't know Zoon by name, but that's oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be so cool. Yeah. See, I believe Toby is remixing the half that he didn't create, and Zoon is remixing the half that he didn't create. <laughs> nice. So Yeah, look forward to music. Absolutely. And then before we hit Evo, unfortunately, I have to play Idol Showdown now because they put in the one character that I would play the game for. I have fun. <laughs> You're so reluctant to this change, to the new future of life. You don't I understand. Like I'm going to be perfectly fine interacting with the outside world. In fact, I might even be better. And interacting with the outside world. You need to understand that all of the fears in life are caused by Usura Pekura. And because Pekura is here and playable, I have to play as her. (laughs) She is a Minecraft terrorist who has single-handedly revitalized interest in the game. Oh yeah, sure. I totally believe that. Absolute is a sweeping motion. I had a feeling you were a Pekora fan. What gave it away? <laughs> well, okay. Anyway, Evo. Yes. Okay. Okay. So many things. So many things. Yep. So I got a couple things here. Uh, first off, I have Yasuo being revealed for Project L. Project L looks so good. Along with just the amazing amount of stuff that they revealed for that game. Uh, including the major focus on 2v2 combat. Yes, that, that's that's such a good way of doing league like gameplay. Because like, it I, I know the reputation is obviously toxic, but the actual gameplay is supposed to be revolving around team-based stuff. So that's a perfect direction to take. And uh, I'm looking at Yasuo's gameplay right now. This looks so ridiculously good. Just the action... This, slices with like actually covering the whole screen with the slice going far further than the screen the sword actually goes that's so sick i am so glad that we found a way to introduce league toxicity into fighting games (laughs) that it's not a matter of it is a skill issue on my end or their character is broken it is there is now someone else to blame for my failure this is the it is the first fighting game where feeding is completely possible. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's going to be glorious. You are going to be able to report other players because they are not good enough at teching and you think they are sabotaging you because no, they're better than this. Mm-hmm. Look at their rank. It is going to be 
terrible. You can carry low rank characters up to higher ranks and then just leave them there to just suffer. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait to see more characters. I am so thrilled that we have a game that has just decided inputs will be the easiest thing in the world. You don't have to worry about that. Your ability to understand what is going on at any given time is going to be tested to the nth degree. <laughs> God, Echo's kit alone, just everything revolving, like being able to hit the projectile around and rewinding at the right time. This is going to be a crazy game to watch competitively. We have created a universe where everyone is MVC3 Virgil, and that is horrible. Probably will be good, though. Mm-hmm. All right, was it right. Tekken next? I don't know. I, I, I just, I have them listed in a random order. Oh, okay. So, uh, just go we got order. to, yeah, uh, Plankton was revealed for Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a fun choice. It's a fun show. I'm so happy he has his uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom mech. Mm -hmm. I love that he's like the biggest character. That's perfect. Yes. This is what we want. Oh, God. I hope that more memes are able to sprout out from this. Uh, it's the perfect game for it. It, it is. I've he's already the, seen. He's got the goddamn Potemkin buster. Yes. This is what I want. <laughs> I just, I've already seen memes of voice actors going, Arr, you should have taken that, Mr. Squidward. Arr, he be fucking cooking you, Mr. Squidward. Ah, uh, yes. I want absolutely. more of this. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, Tekken 8 reveals Raven and, is it pronounced Azusena? I think it's Azusena. Azusena. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, Azusena being the first original character Tekken 8 has revealed. Yeah. Looks great, though. I love this yeah. little weird, like, okay, this attack is meant to, like, evade this certain attack and then dance around them. That looks really fun. Maybe not to yeah. play, but definitely fun to watch. Faint characters in Tekken, I find, tend to be really fun and interesting. I mean, it's not quite the same of how Eddie Gordo basically reintroduced Capoeira into the world by being really popular in Tekken 3 and being like, he is ducking low. How do I hit this? <laughs> but like that sense of 1v1 mobility is so important to Tekken and she seems to be capitalizing on it pretty well. Mm -hmm. Raven's Raven. Raven is indeed Raven. Also, coffee, tea. No, no, because Lily is defending tea, and I gotta defend Lily. Oh, no, I'm with Anna Zasina. She seems like such a fun character. She does, but, like, Lily is... Lily's really pretty. Nah, nah, I'm not with you on that one. Anna Zasina seems so fun, though. Look at the face. She's just playing with them. It's so cool. That's too much. She, she's, she's too much for me. Fine. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1 showed off Reptile, Havoc, and I can't pronounce that name. Ashara, I think was what Ash it was. Ashara, okay, yeah, okay. A Angel Demon. Yeah. 
Um, I'm I'm done talking about Mortal Kombat today. <laughs> uh, talk about Guilty Gear instead. Can do because they revealed Johnny. That was that was has- so fun playing that, and then immediately just transitioning. Into, well, no, it was the other way around. Still, <laughs> yes, but she's French, Pierre. That's the best part. <laughs> we can't delete the French; they're too strong. That's how they g- get their metal levels. Every time that you get hugged by a French man or woman, it becomes better every time. That is their secret tech. But yes, Guilty Gear Strive has Johnny now. Yeah, a lot of cool updates as well. Yeah, a lot of cool ones. Uh, New mechanics, including new specials for characters, which is a wild thing to introduce. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, More rushdown, a universal parry. Mm -hmm. Just a lot there that could do a lot for the game. Yeah, like I said, it's kind of just the best way to update fighting games these days. You just let, instead of having to remake all the stuff, you just let them grow bigger, more expensive, more fun. Um, Fatal Fury, City of the Wolves. Oh, right, that was there. Yes. Just, yeah! Yeah! Uh, Rock looks so good! Like it looks, it looks less cheaply made than the previous King of Fighters games were. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like the effects here, I think it might be the shading. Something about the shading. Yeah. So it it's not as over the top as KOF 15, and it's <sighs> not as actively ugly as KOF 14. All right. So it's just it's nice to see. It's only a little snippet. It's barely enough, but like there's Rock there, there's Terry there. I'm happy. Yeah, it's it's something. Something that when there's been nothing for a very long time. Yeah. And also, City of the Wolves is the best subtitle name. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that, that just screams uh, power. I can hear the Evo announcer screaming that at the top of his lungs. Yes. Alrighty. And then, did you have anything else before Street Fighter's announcements? Ah, uh, was there anything? I don't L- like. Think I, I so. think Rivals of Aether Two had something there, but yeah, like, I, I was. I, was I'm not a Rivals of Aether guy. Me neither, okay. Me all right. All right. Then uh, Street Fighter Six uh, showed. Well, first off, they showed. They announced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles costumes by just playing the TMNT theme live and everyone going, what is going on? Before showing that your custom characters can get full Ninja Turtles outfits, Ninja Turtles emotes, it will only cost $15 per turtle. God, wow. Like, man, Capcom, you're doing so good in so many ways. It hurts to see that little hiccup. Yeah. But the same I, I know you're doing pizza, well and funny you can get pizza. away with it. Well, you, but, like, you can also get it with, like, that. the in-game fight money, so. Yeah, but that's gonna take forever. It depends on, it depends on the rate. I, I need to know the rate for it, which I don't very well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that, like, it's, it's still, like, it's the, the point of extravagance that it feels like, okay, like, you're actually selling less copies by doing that. It just feels like a bad decision all around. Am I wrong on that? Hmm. I I mean, I don't know how much the license cost. So. That's true. Okay, licensing might make things yeah. a little finicky. 
it's it's entirely possible that like they need to make that back mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. and this is a gamble for them but i don't know yeah. it's very funny it is indeed very funny like i'm watching kimberly's cutscene with michelangelo right I, no 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 shit leonardo color was the blue one okay there we go i haven't watched the show you- can you tell there are a lot of shows that you could watch, and most of them I'm are good. Sure. I've heard several, but there's a lot. I get decision paralysis. What if you just start by watching the Batman and Ninja Turtles crossover movie? Man, I, I can pretend like I'm going to, but it's just going to get filed into the list of things you've told me to do. It is, that, but that like... The drawer's going to get closed, and I'm never going to remember. Will it help if I say that a bunch of Batman villains get the mutagen? I have, I'm not a Batman person either, unfortunately. Not really. That, yeah, but imagine like the Batman villains Is mutated Penguin an actual animal. Penguin? I can't remember if Penguin's an actual penguin. I think so. Okay, I know Harley turns into a hyena. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. And then Joker is, like, a giant cobra. So he can literally bite you with the Joker venom. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, And then they showed off the best jury costume that will ever exist. Not that one yet. I tried to read the trailer, and you mixed me up. (laughs) I sure did. But, wow, I can't wait to see the rest of the costumes. Right? Like, there are other costumes in there, but oh, that one. That one! Hold on, let me get... Yeah, just goddamn. That's <laughs> so perfect. You know how to prey on your audience. <laughs> Great! Although, just shout-outs to DJs, because that looks immaculate as well. Oh, I'm, yeah, no, I'm, no, no. I'm, G- I might pay DJ's for that one. lovely, but... But, no, yeah, juries is just... Just tailor made. They did it. They solved the puzzle. <laughs> They're like, we understand men and a lot of women now. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> and then they revealed a character trailer with no gameplay for Aki. Mm-hmm. The follow up to Fong in the story. And. Damn. They sure did soften jury enough enough so they can go, what if we just added another, I could fix her, but whatever's going on with her is way hotter again. <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> you know, best way to put it. <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is certainly an archetype. I mean, but if yeah, you it's broke, a good don't, one. Don't, don't fix it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Has my attention. I am so happy that they are com- hard committing to her stupid, stupid hair. <laughs> just perfectly got the one eye that's always shining through it. Exactly. It is just like that whole straw hat aesthetic done with hair. It is so dumb. I love it. Am I the... <laughs> Do I want it? I don't know if I want it. I'll say it. It's good content. I actually have one of those, like, finger claw things. I actually oh, so you're ready. One of those. 
So you're prepared. <laughs> you're like, finally, a character for me. Uh, looking forward to seeing gameplay. I'm curious if it's an actual, yeah. like, debuff kind of deal. But yeah, I'm curious to see how it differentiates from Fong. Mm. Because, I mean, obviously the fact that it's not take the poison and it being just having to hit you with the claws makes it an entirely different kind of character. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm curious to see what they put with it. Yeah. Do I wish do I wish I saw gameplay? Yes. Does Street Fighter need gameplay to perpetuate itself in an infinite hype cycle? Absolutely not. And I keep thinking even need to see like the official reveals of like any of the characters to get hyped about them. Yep. Street Fighter has complete control over its hype cycle. It's crazy when you just make good character designs how that works. Yeah, I'm just sitting here going, oh my god, are they going to get Kenny Omega to play Cody for a second time? <laughs> what if they bring Cody back again mm -hmm. in a game that I'll actually play? We shall see. Yep. All right, and that's all I have for news, finally. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ouch. yeah, I, I don't have that list up. Let me Great games. Let me I mean, I don't care. I have Baldur's Gate. That's that's well, I mean, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. I have Baldur's Gate. But, well, well, yes, I'm, I'm just saying games I actually care about that are coming out. And that's one that matters for me. Well, yeah, Rayman. Rayman's coming out as well. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I wish I'd cared. I cared enough about Armored Core 6. I'm sure that, that might just slip through my fingers. It, it does look really cool. It looks oh, so cool. Oh, Sea of Stars cool. is coming out this month? Uh, oh, that's, that's awesome. That's sea of Stars. That's a shame. It's really cool. Vampire Survivors for the Switch is coming out. Huh? <laughs> what about Smurfs Cart? Uh, when is the next game I'm going to care about? Uh, September? No. Is it is it Spider-Man in November? It might be Spider-Man well, in November. It could be Baldur's Gate again. <laughs> yeah, fair. No, that's October for Spider-Man. Okay, yeah. so Spider-Man might be when I talk about something different. Oh, Alan Wake 2 and Mario Wonder coming out October. Cool. What oh, and Metal Gear. You have to play games. Metal Gear. God damn. Yeah, oh, this is, this is stacked. Like, amazingly so. Yeah, okay, so I, I got a good grace period to just lose myself in Baldur's Gate. Yep. Are you doing anything video-wise other than just, like, playing Baldur's uh, Gate 3? I think Baldur's Gate 3 on top of everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll still do the Pokemon design streams, because those were fun. We'll still do Peasant's Perspective. Uh, I, I'm okay briefly talking about this. I'm at a point in my life that I am tentatively considering going back to school like for some actual high-end education i dropped out of college a long time ago maybe going mm -hmm. back don't know how that's going to affect videos it might actually help because the second i started considering that I was like oh i can just use do videos for hobbies now that's i'm actually excited to work on something now so maybe it'll be good maybe it'll be bad i'll talk more about that if it actually happens if not just mm -hmm. want to cool people in uh okay I did get a commission from Carson for the the sequel to the uh, Smash roster like reboot thing of a bobber. 
Uh, mm-hmm. That probably won't be done for a while because it's getting very long. Like, I was going uh. to do, like, okay, what if I just talk to, like, a paragraph on each character or just talk about how I'd, like, kind of like them to change? That's 25 characters. That's a lot of paragraphs. Yeah, no, no, no that's, that's forever. Yeah, might need to lessen the editing. Might also make a small video about Adeline that I talked about a while ago. I got that scripted. Oh, I could probably make that in a weekend. Good, good, good. Uh, that's all for me, though. What about you? Um, for me, actually, uh, Authormex is going to make a video for the channel this month on uh, Tears of the Kingdom. They've been working real hard. It's been uh, two years since they've been an editor for the channel, and I'm really excited to see what to show you guys what they've been uh, working on a lot for it. Uh, nice. It should be coming out within the next week or two. So look forward to that. Uh, that will be the only video for the month of August. Um, September, I am planning to release three videos for it. Ooh. So please look forward to that. One of them will be a Kirby video. Yeah, those always are the best. I'm not just saying that because I made the DD one. <laughs> yep, they're available. The audio for all of those videos is available on my Patreon right now, if you would like to. If you'd like to give me money, I would yeah. like that. You know? <laughs> money? I love money. Right? Let's go, money. Uh, right. I think that wraps it up for news and stuff, though. So mm-hmm. let us move on to the bonus stage. Welcome to Bonus Stage! Alrighty. Uh, I'm gonna go first. Okay, yeah, go for it. Uh, I briefly mentioned this last time, but I want to give a proper shout-out. I've started listening to history podcasts at work. I thankfully Mm -hmm. have a job where I can just get set up, plug my headphones in, and just do my thing welding or powder coating all day, so that's a lot of time to listen to whatever I want. And I want to highlight one in particular, which is called the Fall of Civilizations podcast by Paul M. M. Cooper. Okay. Uh, The basic premise is that each episode, the host takes a historical civilization, uh, details how they were founded, uh, what challenges they had to deal with building up into a mighty empire, other relations with their neighbors, all that good stuff, and what, imed- what ultimately caused their civilizations to fall. Uh, I'm looking it up right now, so. I think this is the first bonus stage theme. Not the bonus bonus stage. <laughs> uh, lots of topics you might expect, uh, like Aztecs, the Byzantines, one of China's dysenteries? What the hell was that word? One of China's dynasties, but there's also many people probably haven't heard a lot about, like the uh, the Bagan Empire, which I'm not, I don't think I'm saying that right. Uh, the people of uh, Burma, Burmese, Myanmar, a lot of different names for that region, uh, or the Songhai yeah, Empire, I which see was it. Africa's most powerful empire, which I had never even heard the name. Like I've probably heard it in history, but anyway, lots of cool in-depth looks at various parts of the world. Uh, this is a phenomenal podcast, Mr. Group. Wow, English. Mr. Cooper's voice is smooth as silk. He doesn't just state, like, facts back to back to back to back, which, like, a lot of edutainment gets wrong. He, like, effortlessly weaves his information into a coherent, riveting story about an entire civilization's history, uh, constantly Mm -hmm. adding background noise and music from whatever area he's discussing to really get you in the feel of the environment. 
Uh, even bringing in experts to narrate various historical stuff, like poems and documents, in their native languages. Oh, really cool. oh, that's that's great. Oh, right? that's I was I was noticing the upload schedule was rather slow, and oh no, it's hearing that, he no, 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 that's that's deliberate. That seems deliberate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he does a fantastic job with like sourcing stuff. Uh, a trap that a lot of people fall into when even just talking about history is that history is often written by victors, and the narrator does a great job at pointing out that, like, for example, this horrifying account of an ancient king was kind of written by the rival king that usurped him, and maybe take that with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. But he still, like, showcases them, like, gets every source, be it, like, mythology or legend, as they are still grains of truth as to how, like, these people saw themselves, or how a ruler wanted other people to see himself. And it's like, it does a really good job at, like, talking about the validity of various sources and where they come from. Mm -hmm. Just fantastic teacher in that way. Uh, it's, it's a good podcast. He's recently also converted them into documentary videos with supporting footage, which is also amazing. Oh, wow. Excellent. Uh, hard to say much more than that. So instead, I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of cool historical stories that I learned while watching. Dude, uh, do it. Do it. I've already subscribed to it in the time that you took to sell it. But <laughs> Nice. I tried to get a mix, uh, a couple of things I already knew, a couple of things you guys probably already know, but I want to, because there's some people that don't know some of these things, and I think it's fun to just... It's probably me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Got a big list here. Uh, Aztecs. Everybody knows the Aztecs, right? Indigenous dwellers of Mexico. That's not actually their name. They refer to themselves as the Mexi Mexica? Mexica, which is where the name of Mexico comes from. Uh, most people know the story of Hernan Cortez, the Spaniard that destroyed the Aztecs, like stereotypical yeah. conquistador of the times, greedy for yeah, gold. Yeah, the man, for the man with the 10-0 matchup, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there's a far, far more interesting story layered underneath that of a Nahua woman named Malintzin. I think I'm saying that right as well. Uh, she was a slave gifted to Cortez by the Mayans that knew multiple languages, and once he realized that, she acted as a translator and was essentially Cortez's voice throughout the entire conquest and would have, afterward eventually journey to Spain and become a lady of high society. Oh, wow, The story okay. is fascinating. It can be read as a, a vengeful slave causing the downfall of those that caused her misery or a victim of horrible consequences that's managed to twist them to her advantage. Either way, she's an interesting historical character, and I've never heard of her before this podcast, which is something that happens a lot during this show. Mm-hmm. Far cry from the memorization of names and dates that were my high school classes in school. Yep. Uh, let's go another one. I, a lot of people know this one. It's common knowledge, kind of, but Christopher Columbus, not the first European to reach the New World. He was beaten by centuries by Vikings from Greenland, which is such right. a shame, because that sounds like a way more enjoyable holiday to celebrate. Boy, don't, don't you love it? It's like, oh, look at all of these natural resources, and he's pointing directly at people? Nah, yeah, Columbus was just kind of a dick. More, more, more you learn, it's just kind of horrifying. Well, no, he, he would just... He wasn't a dick, he just thought he was chosen by God to make sure that every person was properly educated and under his thumb and properly ruled and used as the tools that they are. And if not, give them smallpox blankets exactly that's the most he, considerate he's trying to build their immune systems 
one of the civilizations we know the most about is actually the oldest one, uh, Sumeria, people of Mesopotamia, mm -hmm. uh, because they didn't use paper to write things down. They carved them into these little clay tablets. Uh, mm -hmm. So while other civilizations would have their books tragically burned, uh, doing that to Sumerian literature will just will destroy the buildings, and sure, but... Right. Is like, is Gilgamesh still the oldest surviving myth that we have? I or? believe so. Like, there's a lot All of... Right. Like, it's actually, like, the civilization that has the most surviving literature, just because, like, right. white clay on fire, it just hardens and preserves itself perfectly. Mm -hmm. It's preserved to a point that we still know what their music sounds like, because they described how to make their instruments, how to tune them, which notes were which, and what notes to play. Wow. Which is just awesome. We have thousands of year old music. Yes. Ah, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Back in Rome's heyday, they wanted to conquer the city of Petra. So they sent a large group to assess the area, find weakness. Uh, Petra is that one in the desert that's kind of built into the cliff faces, right in the, I think it's uh, kind of Saudi Arabia kind of thing. Well, the, the bridge yeah, is in Europe to Africa. Yeah, ex exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the people of Petra, the Nabataeans, feigned hospitality and sent the Romans a guide for their army who proceeded to lead the Roman army in circles through the desert for months, starving them out and eventually forcing them to return home just because they couldn't get around. They didn't realize they were being fooled. That one man is credited with buying his civilization an extra century of independence. Uh, most people know this story, at least the reputation if not the name. Uh, the rich African king Mansa Musa took a tour of the world and was so generous, or showy, with his wealth that he gave out so much gold, he collapsed every economy he touched, single-handedly causing the worth of gold to temporarily <laughs> plummet. Oh, delightful. All right. Uh, last one. This one's my one of my favorite stories, just in history in general. Mm -hmm. During the days of Attila the Hun, ransacking Rome, there was a huge earthquake that decimated the walls of Constantinople, uh, the, the capital of the Eastern Euro Roman Empire. Uh, Attila learned this and started to make a beeline there to take advantage of the broken defenses. Uh, the people of Constantinople estimated the repairs would take two-ish years, and they didn't have that kind of time. Mm -hmm. So, someone had one of the most brilliant ideas throughout history. A big part of Constantinople's culture was chariot racing, and there were groups of fanatical supporters of various teams, like FIFA level of fanatics that we have right, nowadays. Right, 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 yes. This person went to those races and started essentially telling them, hey, we need people to help rebuild the walls. The opposing team has already dedicated thousands of men to repair, <laughs> so we don't know if you can compete, but do you have any manpower you can spare regardless? The two-year project took two months until it arrived to see the walls fully repaired. Just, just, just a great historical story because it shows that what motivates people is not doom and gloom, talk of the end times. People don't have any energy when they are down like that. What motivates people is competition and recreational spite. Good. Delicious. Yeah, I, I love history. I love learning about different cultures. If anybody in the audience knows any other good podcasts, like please like put them in the comments. I will absolutely check them out. I have a lot of time that I can listen to them. Yeah, no, I I have only like dabbled into like hardcore history a couple times, uh, Dan Carlin's, but mm. that's been good. Yeah, what do I recommend? Follow Civilizations. Delightful. It's in my library now. Huzzah. Uh, what about you? 
So Barbie. <laughs> I have not actually seen, but I'm okay with any and all spoilers. Okay, great. Um, so how to even start talking about this movie? Let, let me talk about the experience of seeing it. Understand that I went to the theater in my pink button-up and my lovely khaki pants and my white shoes and the my lovely yellow scarf and my Spamton G Spamton pink and yellow glasses to make the outfit complete. Nice. I was ready. People were so, so nice to me all the time. We, uh. There about half of the theater at least was wearing pink. It was great. Everyone was polite. Everyone was laughing at everything. Everyone was having a good time. Insofar as movie-going experiences go, I am so happy for this movie making going to the movies fun again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because that was delightful. I also went to the Cold Stone Creamery directly across the street, which was serving Barbie themed ice cream. And he went, what would you like? And I slowly lowered my glasses and he said, Barbie, got it. <laughs> and I said, thank you. It was cotton candy ice cream, which is not very good, but I enjoyed it. Oh, that's phenomenal. So just... All praise to the movie itself aside, the theater-going experience for this movie was impeccable, and I hope that other movies can simply match the energy of bringing people together in this way. Mm -hmm. Mario is a bit too much of just a pure children's movie to do that in quite the same way. Like, obviously, people dressed up. I dressed up. But the feeling of it just being so simple and having such an energy behind it is so so great in a way that I don't think we've seen since like Star Wars came back yeah I can't think of another example like yeah there are the Avengers movies but th th that's a different vibe to it mm -hmm. you know um, as for the film itself before I say anything let me just state it is a good comedy movie and I enjoyed it quite a bit as a comedy. It is witty. I laughed a lot. I greatly enjoyed this movie. People say that Ryan Gosling steals the show and everyone does a bang up job. But he, God damn. God damn that man. <laughs> no man has felt like his heart has been buried in the sand and he has no idea why better than him. <laughs> He feels so intensely hurt for this entire movie and is too stupid to have any idea as to why. He is the perfection of childish innocence combined with Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai. It that, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is a brilliant character. Um. It is a lot more high concept than I expected of a Barbie movie to say that overall what it is aiming for is a parallel to the Lego movie. 
complete with villain Will Ferrell is underselling exactly what Barbie is going for because it is going higher. I have never seen a movie try to bite off so much. And when you ask, can you chew all that? It laughs at you and goes, no, I'm Barbie. (laughs) But it continues trying anyway. And sometimes it lands. The way that I can describe the dialogue in this movie is okay. Do you remember Tomatoa from Moana? Yes. Yes, I do. How all of his jokes were very much over-explained, and that is the joke like, oh, I see, you've covered it in bioluminescent allergy. Is it the version? Very clever, very clever. Uh, wait, where are you going? You can't get past me. Oh, you've gone past me. You're quite surprising. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every joke in Barbie is, like, exceptionally detailed as to be like a three sentence monologue to tell a joke. And it is at the same time, at the same time I get taken out of it a bit because I realize what they're doing at the other time. It lands so well for me specifically because I find Tomatoa hilarious. Oh, same, same, same. Fantastic character. Probably my favorite song from that movie. Yeah. Um, the set design in this movie is beautiful and immaculate. It is fantastically done. Um, the whole Barbie goes to the real world section is over and done with very quickly. And I appreciate it because it lets us get back to incredibly interesting set design and shot composition. They fully model so many dream houses in the most pastel backgrounds that they can possibly have. The s- Margot Robbie starts by going all of her dream house and sliding down the life-size Barbie slide into her pool, which is just a bunch of plastic colored blue. <laughs> That's it is so, so perfect in how it manages to bridge all of the Barbie sets and everything together. Its ability to tell jokes at the expense of Barbie is utterly brilliant. They have a full Barbie parody commercial in there. They have a full, they show off an outfit and you get to see its price tag and the styling and where it's from. Like it's the vintage 1956 Barbie. Um, it is a movie that is thematically tackling a whole lot about things that it cannot possibly tackle in full, like the general disparity of what Barbie does to women Mm -hmm. as both an inspiration and an impossible to achieve, like, reality that sets them up for a lifetime of failure. I believe at one point Barbie has the line, am I really a fascist? Simultaneously parodying the exact disparity between men and women and the idea of sexism and how that is reversed in the ideal of Barbie, yet somehow also reinforced. And knowing that it cannot 
it absolutely cannot land that plane. However, it also had the funniest joke I have ever seen in a movie. Which I will spoil for it because no, for it. it is the funniest bit that I've ever seen. The Barbies are trying to infiltrate a bunch of Kens and one just walks up to him while he's watching a movie and he goes, she goes, so I've never seen The Godfather. He goes, you've <laughs> never seen The Godfather? How can you? Well, of course, obviously, I think it's the uh, exploration of Coppola's full vision. And it just goes on and on while they're doing stuff in the background. And I'm like... This is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is then reflective on the meaning of life and for some reason has a really deep message at the very end that is entirely separate from the entire rest of the movie and feels disjointed and weird. But it's really well written. So like... You didn't deserve it, but you made me feel quite a lot. Um, I have no idea why Will Ferrell is in this movie. Have, he is. Have you seen how many other actors are in the movie? Well, that, yeah, that's why. His, but like he doesn't have a point in this movie. He is just there because Will Ferrell was in the Lego Movie as the villain to be in the movie as the villain. And he doesn't actually do anything, but he's very funny. So, yeah, overall, um, this was a fantastic experience. Is it a good movie? I think so. <laughs> I really, really like it. But it is it is a messy movie that is constantly swinging for the fences and it doesn't completely miss at any time. But it's really, really messy in how it gets there. Hmm. OK, OK, like like it's grounding out at first a lot, but nothing is like striking out entirely. It's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that that is the role for Michael Sarah. Yes, that is correct. OK, OK, interesting. And when it hits, oh my god. I still, I still haven't had the time to see it. Musically definitely... speaking, it is incredible. They got multiple artists to record different songs themed around Barbie. Nice. Including, no, three of the best musical gags I've ever heard. Well, okay. I I need to impart onto everyone, if you have not yet seen this movie, I strongly recommend it as a theater-going experience. Because everyone in that theater was having a great time. Nice. Okay. It is going to be super weird to see how Mattel is trying to capitalize on this in the future. Oh, yeah. Because they announced their whole slate of, and now we're going to have a Hot Wheels movie, and an yeah, Uno that, that movie, and a Masters of the, the Universe movie. And the interesting thing about it is that Mattel is a force in the Barbie movie, and they are portrayed as corporate evil. <laughs> Maybe if they leaned that side of it? I Technically, don't know. they are. <laughs> that is... 
exactly what they're doing. They're exactly what they approved of this movie to say about them. Like, if the Hot Wheels movie starts with just, like, God, are they seriously doing this? Are they seriously franchising this already? It's just a bunch of Barbies <laughs> starting to film the movie. <laughs> we don't have a choice. It's the corporate overlords. So, yeah, um, this is just, like, I, I don't know what this movie's cultural impact will end up being, but... I think it's really cool right now to be a part of it. Okay, okay. You deserve you deserve to see this movie. You are Kenuff. And so am I. Yeah, from one after I definitely want to see it. Do it. Do it. Get a group of people and do so. I got it. All right. Uh, we ready to wrap up with some comments? Yes. All righty. Okay. Let me get this set. Uh, wait, no, that doesn't work. That doesn't work either. Ah, my setup. No. <laughs> Oh good. I broke it. I'm glad I'm glad you've ruined everything immediately. <laughs> okay, okay. No, it's fine, it's fine. Nope, I covered the music. It's not fine. Okay, now it's fine. Music's fine. Okay. Alright. Okay, let's just go down this list. From Magic Ice. What is your favorite boss arena aesthetics wise? Like what area looks super cool and that elevates the boss? Do it that elevates the boss atmospheric-wise. Gosh, I'm sure there are great examples. Um, okay, one popped into my head, and I don't remember if I'm just remembering it wrong, because I could be remembering it wrong. Uh, I have footage I'm playing right now. Reflux's arena in Rayman 3 is phenomenal. It's just a giant coliseum fight, but the actual center of the Coliseum is just a small island in a lake of lava. Reflex mm -hmm. himself has just huge, fiery, weird language attacks. And it's, just, it's, just, it's just so cool. It blew my mind when I was young. Oh, you know what? Um, Amino Sagiri's arena from Persona 4, um, which is just starts as just a bunch of fog, and then as the fight progresses, it opens up and it shows that you are over the model of Inaba that you've been seeing for the entire game, just covered in fog. Mm -hmm. I loved that, because it's just a slow thing that you slowly notice, mm -hmm. and that's really cool. I love, I love thematic little bits of things like that. Nice, nice, and nice. Gosh, it's such a wide-reaching question. No, I, I know. Um, I love the minimalism of the... Uh, what, what's it called? The um, Not the tower. The, the city that this twins set up in Nier Automata that's all just solid white shapes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that full minimalist area is fantastic. Uh, there have been a lot of great Monster Hunter Final Battles. Ah... Uh... 
a lot of ones that involve space-ish, kind of in the, both the monster's designs. Like the Xenojiva fight when it breaks out of its cocoon and it slowly makes itself right through this like crystalline mountain. That's such a cool atmosphere to go through. I'm trying to think, like, to, to say the one that I could be wrong about, um, I have a childhood memory of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, as the game is all about memories, mm -hmm. and just all the memories that you've experienced as you've traveled along a very long journey, and the final boss is actually harder, based or easier, based on the amount of memories you have, because you have to remember certain parts of your journey, and if you don't, they're gone forever, and your life is based on those memories. So okay. the final arena is just this odd, serene dreamscape with little flashes of your journey in the background. Ooh, okay. And I can't remember if I'm superimposing those as the segment before, or if that's actually what it is, but I think that's what it is. Because it left right. a strong impression. Very nice. Uh, oh, uh, the lighting in Mario 64's Final Battle, where, like, for some reason, Bowser is being flashed with red, purple, and green on the bottom of his jaw in this giant star in the sky. Just the lighting on that is, it makes him really, really intimidating, despite being a goofy little man. Mm-hmm. Also, the final minigame in Mario Party 4, which is just a cube, and on each side is lava, and it rotates so that you can fight a different Bowser or Koopa Kid fight on each one. Because it's like, we're on the GameCube, do you get it? Go, yes, thank you. You did the thing, well done. Oh, uh, Fetus of God from Darkstalkers 3. Oh, yeah, 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 I've seen that one, absolutely. Yeah. Um... Let's grab one. I oh, how do I pronounce? Worry Dialio. From Worry. Mm -hmm. Why does Pierre think Apollo Justice is the worst Ace Attorney game? And then later, what is your favorite Ace Attorney game? Um, I'm I'm basic. My favorite Ace Attorney game is Trials and Tribulations. Yeah, is, so, that the, is that the first one or the third one? That's the third one. Third one is also mine. Yep, I also really like Ace Attorney Investigations 2 and pieces of the great Ace Attorney, but I need to finish GAA. Okay. Um, Apollo Justice, I think, is the worst Ace Attorney game because it wants to set up a new precedent and it can't. Um, to, to explain, I actually think that... The first case in Apollo Justice is simultaneously one of the best cases Ace Attorney has ever had and also an abysmal failure. Um, to explain that, the setup is that you are Apollo Justice, a rookie attorney, and you are defending your client, the disgraced Phoenix Wright. Mm -hmm. Now, the actual case itself, the actual workings of it are really smartly done it's essentially just slowly piecing together a one room closed room mystery and all of the different tricks and traps that it has in like an underground gambling den and like exposing all of those criminal elements as additional things that either strengthen or poke holes in your own case mm -hmm. it's really smartly done and it's a constantly evolving case it's really nicely presented as well 
the issue is Phoenix does most of that. Mm -hmm. You are doing the very, very minimal basic actions. And Phoenix is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let let, let me me tell you about it. Let, let, Let me do this. For the entire Apollo Justice Ace Attorney game, Apollo is a worthless character. He is an avatar for Phoenix Wright to make a point about the current Japanese justice system and his and the author's opinion on the upcoming judicial system and how that's a good idea. Fascinating. Like you hear so many examples of stories just in modern media that build up a new character by sacrificing the old one's traits. It's, I've never, I've rarely heard about one that's the other way around like this where they're trying to build up Apollo but Phoenix Wright just keeps getting all the glory. Yeah, and then when uh, there are things like, oh no, Phoenix Wright was in a horrible car crash, and he has a cold now, so he can't be in the case. Those, those suck. 4-2 and 4-3, those are bad. And then the actual good cases are good because Phoenix Wright is like pulling a Metal Gear Solid 2 on the entire situation and trying to mastermind it. Mm-hmm. And it's weird and just I think that it really does Apollo a massive, massive disservice as a character that they literally have to write in him in Ace Attorney 5 to make him injured and lose an eye so that he can be punished and cool and they can redo parts of him. Alright, yeah. Oh. Uh, bounce it. I guess we'll just continue that off. Um, from Potted Plant in the chat, what do you think of Ace Attorney versus Professor Layton? Um, I didn't play it in full, so I can't really say. I, I'm actually in the same boat. <laughs> it's more of a Layton game than it is an Ace Attorney game. Not a it does thing. elements alright, but it's... During the 3DS era for Ace Attorney got into the habit of like restating things a lot yes. just so that you could go okay let's restate this but let's add this but did you consider this your entire testimony doesn't matter because of this detail and it does it like four times in a row whereas older ace attorney games will only do it like two times yeah it's, it's they just take too long it gets exhausting it's it's very tiring and Layton had quite a bit of that plus Latent writing tends to be like an ass pole at the very end, almost all of the time. I did genuinely enjoy the crossover, though, from what I saw. Like, the, the musical, yes. like, crossover stuff, like, mashing the two things together, that was fantastic. Yes. Um, I've been jumping around this one. Might as well dive into it. From Akanu, what are your thoughts on Felicia Fan's critique on the Smash Design tier list and if some of your opinions changed with some characters? Keep in mind, Felicia Fan has been in the chats. How are you still here, Felicia Fan? I, I hope you're still here. <laughs> like, if you're still here, then that, that'd be really cool. If you're not, then, like... Uh... So anyway, um... 
Overall, I thought that uh, for those unfamiliar, there was um YouTuber by the name of Felicia Fan who went over all of our um, individual designs and uh, the whole podcasts for the uh, Smash Brothers tier list that we did a full two years ago. Which, oh, wow. hey, good to see you. Just monumental effort right there. Yeah, I know. Perfect. Uh, so overall, I did really enjoy being a part of the chat and have a nice time. Um, admittedly, a lot of my opinions aren't going to change on a lot of Smash characters because unless I am directly wrong with my information, I've reflected on like how I feel about this character so much and have developed this opinion so greatly that like unless you are actively presenting new information that is not an opinion... I am probably not going to change mine. And I understand that that's like a two-way street. I understand that I would have to work very hard to sell someone on a change for their characters, which I think I do with Jigglypuff a lot. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I still... The Jigglypuff moment is my favorite thing from the entire series. <laughs> but overall, I would say, yeah, Ryu went up. Oh, yeah, Ryu and Because Ken, I, I, was, I was wrong about them. Yeah, they, feedback on they the deserve King more. characters in general... Mm -hmm. uh, there were a couple of characters that I've had my mind change on over time and just hearing feedback reaffirmed it. Like, I think I'd bring both the Animal Crossing characters lower, Isabel especially. Like, she doesn't have her voice. That's weird. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's too much for me. Yeah. Um, I finally settled on where to put Roy. If, a if, a, if Smash Brothers makes a character better, that's a good thing. I'd rank him a mm -hmm. lot higher these days. Okay. Ah, uh, were there any others... I think I'd put Greninja, both Greninja and Incineroar like half a tier up. We, we talked about praising the Baking Soda Volcano a lot, but like they're still really good Baking Soda Volcanoes. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's your same logic with Roy. Mm -hmm. There is still a feeling of just... B both if a Pokemon is inevitable, give me something that Pokemon... Only a Pokemon could do. Give me, give me like an Ivysaur. Kind of like... just Just kind of like body type and abilities and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then also just like, oh yeah, it's like Incineroar is a fantastic design. God, I wish someone like Rhythm Heaven was able to capitalize off of that. It, that, that might not be, that might be unfair. I respect the disagreement there. But mm -hmm. it's, it's still that feeling of just like, oh yeah, like that, those kind of designs can like, like legitimately help franchises, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any spicy takes? No, I, I agree on their takes on the spaces, which were great. Spaces are phenomenal. Yeah. It's it's hard to give feedback because a lot of it was just agreeing back and forth. Yes. Uh, I still think Ganondorf gets more bad credit than he what he... Like, people call him the worst design in the game. I just don't agree with that, man. Yeah, no, this this is a game where Mega He's... Man exists. <laughs> I said, okay. I will I I individually I'd rank Mega Man at like a B if you want that consolation prize. I also just do not give a shit about Mega Man games in general. <laughs> so I have no intention of contributing whatsoever. <laughs> uh Was there any other? I still think Snake is phenomenal. I totally get the criticisms behind him, 
But I, like, I still think your entire video about him is fantastic. Thank you. Giving out the... Focusing more on gameplay vibe over specific reps. Like, he could be better, but I think that what he has is just so good. Well, I think that what he could be better at is just, like, change his beard's density slightly. <laughs> like, like if you just make it his MGS2 stubble, then that basically gets the character properly solidified as not an amalgamation of him and Naked. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've settled on, like, liking the Project M less because I feel like the Trank Gun gives him a straightforward option. Yeah. And I don't feel that it that works for Snake. There. Yeah. Sorry, I'm pulling up the image of the tears just because it has been a while and I have forgotten. But no, it was, it was fun to revisit that to see how things have aged to go. Oh, OK. Oh, dang. That's Duke with another weird take that I'm going to correct in a few seconds. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had some good ones. Don't throw me completely under the bus like that. I went to bat for Robin. I was proud you of did that. go with that for Robin. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. Uh... Felicia, is there any specific feedback you'd like? I'm happy to provide it. If yeah, just 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 moved. since just since we're here, since we're on the other side of the horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just kind of go through. Are, are there any others that have moved based on just your own personal feelings? You guys can, can you um, let's see off the top. In the meantime. Uh, Steve down slightly just because I think that the character is too optimized. It's it's literally just a matter of tweaking percentages and uh, trajectories for that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think the base is solid, but I think that it is too strong what it what uh, Steve can do to benefit the infinite creativity that they allow for. Mm-hmm. God, that was not Chris. That was right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now that I've gone through the story of Xenoblade 2, I'd probably put Pyre and Mithra a bit lower. I think they could be better. I de- definitely, I'd put Shulk above them, at the very least. No, I think they work better as fighting game characters. Really? Yeah. I think Shulk's overall, like, vibe. I think Shulk is an arts. idea. I think that I, like, the idea is odd a bit, but it fits the actual character so good. Whereas I feel like with characters with such monumental story roles, I'd want a little bit more of a breadth of that. For lack of a better way of putting that. I think that they, if they, your they character has shallow. a game where they keep talking, he has a lot of ha, ha, ha. I want him to say more words. A vision. I see it, and that's kind of basically it. Well, no, there's backslash and air slash and all that. but Those are specials. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. You stay, you stay. And these are one of the silences that we'd edit out if we were not doing this live. Well, you know, you're going for it, and I literally can't do anything right now, so. Do you want me to share the image? No, no, you're good. Okay, okay. 
That's that's cool. I'll, I'll stare at chat. But aren't you just so excited to talk about Smash Brothers even more? It's just your favorite thing these days, right? Look, this was a nice excuse to talk about Smash Brothers again in an environment that I actually cared about. I am so tired of talking about Smash Brothers. I'm so, so tired. I'm so ready for it to be over. It should be over. If the snake video did better, maybe it would not be over, but it feels over. I think the most I could ask, was there any problems with the way the critique was presented? Um, as like a presentary kind of deal? No, I think that you were very fair with everything. Like, obviously you're coming at it from a different viewpoint, whereas I'm caring a ton about characterization through movement and um, expression of the move set itself mm. like we're coming at it from more of like a base animation standpoint whereas you're combining more of what it's meant for fighting games over the years and i don't think that either one is inherently better or worse than each other yeah yeah i definitely agree with that that was the, definitely the biggest divide of just like this is a more casual focus one and this is a more competitive focus one i'd say the things that i like disagreed the most about what you said was more around just not really seeming to take into consideration that some of these characters just can't really function in ca more casual settings. Like, I still wouldn't put Incineroar and Esther because of that, just because it's hard to get around some of the more wackier stages. I feel like something like a multiverse's dash for the entire cast would fix that pretty easily. Just, yeah. Just a little bit more movement in either way would completely rectify that problem. Yeah, like someone think about poor Little Mac on 3D land. God, have you tried to fight Marks as Little Mac? <laughs> no. I think I said that in the podcast, but it's worth repeating. <laughs> ah. Still no. Ah, apart from that? Nah, not really. I, I could get into, like, semantics of design philosophies. I think trying to value bias and ob objectivity is inherently a lost cause, because that's not something that we as humans can escape. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think there's something you said about that bias is fine, but it needs to have a limit. I would argue that it's better to have multiple biased people in different directions. Because that's how you really get to the heart of various different issues. You want to have people that are really hard lined in one direction, really hard lined in the other. I guess I should ask if it's ever too harsh. Not for my skin. I, I'm I, good. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting a lot harsher. And I got a lot kinder. There's there's a couple of presentary like rants, but I appreciate those immensely. No, don't you yes. worry at all. Please please understand. My whole thing is presentary Th rants. Moments I of just silent disappointment with just a simple okay, and then resuming the video. That with that <laughs> that gave me so much life. <laughs> uh. uh. Like, like yeah, no, in the moment no. when I be when I maybe be upset, yeah, but like, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. All done in good faith and good fun, and that's I, 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 I love it. the presentations of just, of just. What what would the what the right term for that be? Theatric beef, I guess, for lack of a better way to put yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all good. Yeah. It, it was a delight to watch. I would highly recommend my viewer, our viewers, to no, just mine, not mine, not Pierce. If you're on Design for it, it's not. <laughs> no, no, good no. Enough. Yeah, absolutely. All of you who are loyal to me, no, you're here with me. 
All right. We're going over and we're going to see Barbie. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, I would highly recommend everybody that watched the tier list also watch that just because it's fun getting different takes on these characters. Also watch Delsa Things as well. I would love to get to a point where there's enough like community attempts at this that we could have like a, a what's the term when all the competitive players have made their tier list and it's kind of just averaged out. The it's aggregate? Just, the aggregate, yeah. An aggregate of just the the community design tier list for Smash Brothers. That'd be so much fun for me. He still won't fight me, Deltazen. <laughs> also, Felicia fan, uh, what parking lot? What parking lot are we meeting up at? You're not here. You have to book a lot of parking lots. That was a lot of different moments for fighting. <laughs> yeah, but like, like they can get one, and then I can get one, and then we can have like it's it's like it's like counterpicking stages. <laughs> which stages would you have advantage on? Wait, which parking lots do you have the edge? Um. I'll pick the ones where they're at a slant and that I naturally have the higher ground on. <laughs> uh, like specifically my Albertsons. Oh, we did sell on. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, Wendy's right. can be yes, neutral, yes, yes. but like, where, where do you want the counter pick to be? God, you're never getting the fight i just want to fight youtubers <laughs> someday maybe give it three years but not actually train for boxing because my cardio is bad just never ending slap fights love it uh i think i think we've got room for one more yeah let's go uh let's grab from marshadow if you were to take two franchises that haven't had a crossover before i think we've had this question a few times but it's fun to get new ideas not oh, including we did games get like a Super Brothers, Chat earlier, where the characters don't. Oh, we got a super. We got a super get, chat. What the heck? Yeah, you got a super. Yeah, look, look at that. Look at that. All right, we'll we'll do that after this. Be one. polite. Two more. Two more. Okay. Thank you, yeah, yeah, okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's just. That's new. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So you took two franchises that had a crossover before and put them into a crossover. Which two franchises would it be, and why? And what interactions of characters would you like to see the most out of the crossover? I will repeat my Halo versus StarCraft. It's it's getting so close to reality. Please. <laughs> They're inching I ever can closer. I smell it. It's, it's, yeah. I think they defeated, like, the injunction that they had on the FTC, but not the actual thing. It, it, I think it, that's it, the latest. It'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Whatever my last answer to this question was, that one. Uh, I don't know. I let me think. Maybe branch like what would you just like to see Yu-Gi-Oh crossover with? Okay, okay. And, like, let's be specific. Out of video games a little bit, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was trying to think of branching out of video games. Yu-Gi-Oh and no, what's it called? Yu-Gi-Oh and uh... oh yeah, Kaiji Ultimate Survivor. That'd be a good one. That's a gambling-based manga where um, it's a lot of down-on-their-luck people who have to play games for it. It's 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 Squid Game, but okay, okay. on an individual level as opposed to a competition level, and it's better written and better presented, and the characters all have really really long Usopp noses. And yeah, I think that 
taking it back to that whole Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, Season Zero sort of vibes of the classic various games as opposed to just dual monsters, that would be cool. I would like that. Let's see what else would be good. something with Dungeons and Dragons. Because, like, there's a lot of just environments in general that I'd love to see take on that kind of setting. Kid Icarus and Samurai Jack. <laughs> if only to see Hades and Aku have a Yo! conversation. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Sorry, I was clapping into a microphone. That was probably not pleasant for people of the uh. Yeah, I, I can't come up with anything better than that. That one. Yes, please. That one. Uh, then to wrap things up, where was that? Thoughts on V-Pet design. I've now you find out Smash Death through a branch uh, Evo based in play. So first, oh, virtual pets. So like, Pokemon, yeah, virtual pets. So yeah, uh, Tamagotchi. Just just that sort of uh, evolution of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Digimon is hard for me to speak on because I do know it primarily as an anime, and that's where my attachment comes to it from. Um, Instilling character onto the monsters rather than the monster development and breeding cycle of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would rather see a Digimon fighting game where you constantly evolve your character rather than an implementation into a platform fighter. I think that... um, the platform fighter would ultimately be reductionist to what Digimon is and the ultimate flexibility of going to a character. Cause like thinking about if you have different character paths, where if you trigger a combo, you can go into another state and digivolve up or down to change your frame data Mm -hmm. and change the moves that you have access to. And then in the middle of a fight, potentially be able to change your evolution path. That would be rad as hell. Mm-hmm. But in a game like Smash, you can't really um, go through that because it is Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't really comment much on Digimon at all. I've I saw like one movie. And I think that's the extent of my exposure to it. I did like the idea behind it, like taking a different. That felt like a genuinely different like path from Pokemon. Taking more of the actual. How'd I put this more of a growing sentience, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it? Either between, like, creatures becoming more mechanical and cybernetic or just outright mm-hmm. turning into humans. Right. Yeah. Never never, never stuck with me as much as Pokemon did, but I, I respect it. Nah, Digimon had an evil clown. It it, it hooked me. <laughs> He's like, he was mean. He threw it cheat on people and it turned them into keychains and went that's worse than death that's so scary oh okay 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 if you know about chow they work very similar yes yes okay okay neat yeah but i i find the novelty with digimon's virtual pet is being able to go down it's not a steady evolution it's the ability to either reset it or go to a lower stage to get another branch that's what always has struck me about digimon as its unique hook Mm -hmm. through all the various uh rpgs and uh you know raising games i've played of the series 
I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that said, if anyone gets in, it should be Edamon, and he should have his dub voice where he's just a monkey that it has an Elvis voice. Because <laughs> I love Edamon. All right. And I think with that... We are good for this episode. Thank you all for joining another Design Dorks Guide. And these are always a ton of fun to do. Yep. Thank you. Uh, please leave comments with hashtag DDG comment. I know that a lot of you have been commenting a lot, but it helps with speed. Yeah, just to find And things. whatnot. For yep. sure, for sure, for sure. And I uh, will see you guys next month. Later, Get everyone.